listening to the Shoot and Scoot podcast, the Flames of War podcast by Breakthrough Assault that brings the truth of the hobby from our mouths to your ears via the wonders of radio telephony. Too much hobby froth and more plastic tanks that you can shake a stick at. And now, here's your host, the man with the flattest panzer in town, Mr. Ben Davey. <laughs> Thanks, Wes. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm joined by Lee. <laughs> Hello. Duncan. Hello. That was the dulcet tones of um, Eddie. Hello. And uh, joining us for the first time, for, uh, also from the blog, we have Mark. Hello. Now, does it remind me, Mark, are you aware of our slutty flat panzer hashtag? I I am from the uh, <laughs> disturbing things that have been uh, flitting around <laughs> Facebook Messenger. Okay, just for a check, because that can be quite a... <laughs> it's disconcerting. <laughs> neither confirm nor deny the level of sluttiness that her flat panzer has. The, the skirt doesn't cover the rear end. That alone shows you how slutty it really is. <laughs> <laughs> but upskirting is seen to be illegal, so. It is. To the point we're talking about banning skirts Objection. from schools. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Oh. Really. And that's society. how we got delisted from iTunes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, uh, Lee, what are we talking about today? Well, um, we've got a bit of a packed show. First, we're going to be looking at the um, open day, which is a Ben, uh, sorry, um, Mark and Fez were at. And then we're going to be looking at our Fate of Nations, um, what we're doing with our four game, um, the fourth Fate of Four Gamers, which is our um, feature for that. And then he has to hastily look at the list because he actually didn't have it in front of him. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> We've got, got um, the slut, plus, plussy plat pans, in fact. Today. Fact, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, basically, what have we been up to? Cool. So, um, I guess we'll start with the big news, because there's kind of no point in skirting around this. The Open Day. Um, we'll start off by talking about the sort of event itself before we go for all the news. So, Eddie and Mark. What so, the Open yet? Day... I, I, I turned up uh, after Mark. So, Mark, why don't you take it away to start with? Yeah, so we walked up uh, Friday evening to help with the the setup and getting all the boards set up for the uh, for the camp for the uh, campaign. Uh, yeah, it was it was a really really good uh, really good day. Uh, obviously, the first one they've done. Tim Harris was was organising it. Uh, who you know a lot of uh, listeners and, and people from Boat for Assault will know. Uh, he works up in the UK office now. Um, we had a couple of campaign well. Campaigns that's mini tawny really on the day for one for Team Yankee and one for Flames of War, and it was yeah you know, it was a fairly good turnout. Uh, I think in the end we ended up with yeah twelve pairs of Flames of War, which was the maximum they could get in, and then um, we had a bit smaller Team Yankee because we had four people didn't turn up on the day, so I think they only Oof. had six in the end, although ten people had paid, so I don't quite know what happened there. Uh, but yeah, it was really, really well received. We had, uh, Peter down from Battlefront, uh, so people who aren't familiar, that's, uh, Peter's the owner. Uh, John Matthews came over from, who runs kind of the US side, he came over as well. And then we had live link ups, which you've probably seen on the website. Uh, Phil were dialed in to answer questions. And it was just nice. You, you know, they were quite laid back. You could talk to them throughout the day. They took the time to go and, you know, go around the bar, talk to all the players, talk to the retailers. It was just nice to put some faces to the names. Uh, so, yeah, I must admit, I had a, a thoroughly good time. The event was, uh, it, it was actually quite incredible. I, when I first turned up, it kind of fulfilled my expectations for a first-time event run by a, a company that's kind of finding its way and looking for new ways to in, engage with its, um, its community. 
Um, the venue was nice. Uh, it was not the biggest place in the world, but it was it was completely adequate for what we did. Um, but throughout the day, I just kept having my my mind kind of blown by just how open the company was being. I mean, this company laid out every tiny little bit of work it's doing for the next 12 to 18 months, you know, and, and was answering questions that I even suppose the open companies that I've dealt with, the games companies in the past would just flat out be like, Nope, we're not going to go there. You know, you can't ask that. You know, there was literally as much access as you wanted to, you know, and it was honest, honest feedback. It was a case of a lot of the times it was, we can't do this because of this, or we're not quite big enough yet, or that doesn't make us enough money. We'd love to do it, but we can't. And, and that was really, that was really incredible. That, that, that stood out to me more than, than, you know, the, the sheer amount of time dedicated to talking to people and also not only giving information, but trying to get information back. I mean, Pete turned around and said, what do you guys want to see from your hobby which you know you can't imagine many other games companies turning around and asking it's it's uh it's hobbyist that in an open forum did, did you say plastic uh, pants for 70s i am kicking myself on the drive home <laughs> <laughs> on the drive home i was my mind was that blown i was like well but then, you know i didn't want to i didn't want to just blurt that out to start with um, <laughs> although i did shout out uh lee's question about the blazer armor on the m60 tank to <laughs> which, which, which to everything to a grinding halt as everybody was like what the hell is that i didn't uh, think i was giving you such a controversial question <laughs> it wasn't controversial it's just that no one there's only one guy from italy who knew what it was and whilst he was explaining they were getting phil back on to then ask phil what it was on skype phil then said well yeah it's great we'd love to see it but it's a commercial decision um <laughs> But uh, yeah, and, and everyone's asking me, "Well, what is it?" And I'm like, "Oh, I don't know." Lee, Lee just sent me a message. <laughs> literally, I have no I idea. I didn't think you were going to ask it. I, I just literally sent it saying, "Ask the question, uh, question you'll ask about front in the future," and you blurred oh, it right. out. No, <laughs> well, you know, I was there. I was carpe diem. He who hesitates is lost. Probably <laughs> my son. So uh, yeah, no, it's an uh, amazing venue. Fantastic. Um, you know, good stock in the shop with some interesting items that weren't out yet. Um, yeah, like a box yeah, of Mark churches with like, plastic flame uh, crocodile add-ons. Crocodiles, and, yeah. And breaching guns and also the stats for them in tanks as well. And objectives. Very oh, much really? Like, yeah, it's very much like the... Um, I had a quick chat with him. Uh, it's very much like the... Was it the Vitman uh, plastic box? Oh, yeah. an objective, really? Yeah, oh, just, yeah flat, flat objectives, you know, but objectives... Like oh, the, that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it, it's clearly—I don't know. The, looking at the box art he put up, obviously all the models on it are the old models, the metals and resins, and also it's the old designer box. So then there's something they were going to release, and then with, when they changed their plans because of fourth edition, but they had a few made up or something. Okay. Um, you know, because obviously because it is a very much a third ed looking box yeah i i scanned right past it when i was looking at the shelf it wasn't too afterwards i was like oh wait a minute uh, that's not real you probably had bought that as well because you're doing churchills <laughs> no uh, past yeah. Yeah. Past it. i've already got my churchills you got plastic <laughs> <crocodiles>, <laughs> Eddie? well i've got resin ones 
uh, yeah, you, you're going to get horrible mismatches. I, I remember the, the first ever second edition event I went to. The big event got cancelled and they did like this 500 point thing. And we played about six games. And it was a good way of learning. But every game was basically you could look at deployment to go where you've won. Or I've won. Yeah. There's almost no reason to play the game except it's fun and we roll, roll some dice. Yeah, so one of the, one of the things I, one of the bits of feedback I came back was like, well, you know, is to say rather than doing three, trying to get three games in just because everyone, you need three games to kind of try to get a winner for the day, um, just have two medium sized games. And instead of having, you know, a winner takes all kind of one prize for the top, just, you know, your flames of war points turn into a raffle ticket at the end. That's a cool. One. Now, the, other one is, the other one, the other one, the other like sides. You might yeah, have to, you make know. it more, make it more of a, a campaign as opposed to a individual, yeah. a team campaign rather than so, an individual escalation campaign. So for me, I think, I think the fifty points level worked really well. Um, but so what? If if I was doing it, I would run three fifty point games. But I'd say a bit like co-rivalry does, where you can have two lists because that mitigates, rock, you know, a little bit of rock paper scissors. But actually, when I looked at all the games and, and chatted to people, I think a lot of people enjoyed that that fifty points because it was a bit different. It was it was quick, so they could go to other things. Um, but obviously, but, but but it was enough that it wasn't an auto win so, in so most cases, unless you took something weird and wacky. So, so maybe you do like two fifty point games and then one t- double up with the fifty points for a bigger maybe. game, or two fifty point games and a hundred point game. Because yeah, well, so no, I would 50... just do three fifty points in the yeah, and then points, give more go. people time to go to the event. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It gives more people time. To, you know, if you have a quick game and you've got two, you got an hour and a half between rounds, I, I think if you go games, over time, yeah. I think two seventy five point games would get that better. Yeah, possibly. Because a lot of the time in a tournament is allocating tables, finding your opponent, moving your army, discussing the mission. You know, the actual gameplay element of a game is a lot shorter. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's worth trying for next time. And I say it's I, it's I more only of a say that because I only died two turns. So. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I say it's um, it's something to worth trying for next time, I guess. But anyway, round two, the grudge match. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I was I was defeated by uh, in round one. I was defeated, hum- humiliated uh, by Nobby uh, from uh, our sponsor over at Battlefield Hobbies up at Daventry, um, and his uh, his Germans rolled up against my uh, M10s and captured the objectives. I fired in a well, I didn't even have any M10s at fifteen points. I had uh, my uh, scouting recce and uh, some priests. Because obviously I send my priest out to recce the battlefield because that uh, makes sense. This, the enemy would not suspect it at all. I'm sure that's what Passon would do. <laughs> um, so yeah, I lost that uh, without killing anything. So that was an eight-one loss, one-eight to, uh, against. Uh, and then I drew Mark in the second game. Yeah, he did. So we ended up with uh, some M10s versus four mar. I've had four marders. Two scout patrols and Tigger the Tiger, uh, and then what? Well, you have M10s, Recce Patrol, Recce Patrol, priests, <laughs> and my uh, P40s, and my my two little Stuarts. That was it. 
Yeah, so so uh, Fez managed to take the day. Uh, we kind of had a lot of dancing around, because obviously there wasn't a lot you could do with the tiger initially, and it was threatening your objective, but you played it really cleverly, getting my tiger to move off as he tried to rush my, my, my marders that I needed to really keep alive on the hill. Uh, so that started getting dealt with, uh, and then I thought, oh, all right, we'll send the tiger up, we'll go for the objective, uh, and then you noticed I'd, I'd kind of left myself a little bit exposed on the flank of flank of Tigger and kind of went all for uh, all for broke, moved your M10s out and uh, and actually managed to to peg him. Extreme long range. Extreme long range. Uh, I I yeah. So I I breathed a sigh of relief because uh, because you'd bailed me. And I thought oh, you know two plus get back in, polish off those those priests. You're now in the open. Marders will deal with you. And then uh, and then you had you had the lucky card and managed to change the two on a bail to a three to destroy. Uh, so rather change the game. It did. It did. Um, what losing twenty-nine uh, <laughs> points to, in one shot changed the game. <laughs> well, yeah, well, literally changed the game. Although it kind of balances out because your aircraft uh, they kept coming in and kept hitting stuff. Uh, but after I think about four rounds of bailing Marders, you still hadn't actually killed one. No, the, so, it, during the weekend in, the, in both games they arrived, they turned up every single turn bar one and destroyed absolutely nothing. That that is aeroplanes, unfortunately. No matter how much I want aeroplanes to be amazing, they're very cool. Though I do love a P forty. They, they they're worth their points in aeroplane noises alone. Then that's the main thing. <laughs> <laughs> Although on the table next to me, Mark Nisbet was playing with his Hurricanes, and of course they're mighty Royal Air Force, so they were just pegging Panzers left, right and centre, much to the upset of Nobby. He kind of got <laughs> vengeance on Nobby after your first game, um, and was blowing stuff up with those. Uh, but of course, but, but yeah, the, uh, the, the, the Warhawks just uh, obviously had some dodgy ammo in this game. Well, you know, I, I did tell him, you know, target identify three times. You know, make sure you're definitely shooting the bad guys. <laughs> you can't blame the pilots. The pilots were hitting. It was it was the armory. Uh, that's true, yeah. 50 cal just doesn't really cut it. We need to get some 20 mils in those bad boys. Well, yeah. Um, one of the few things you can't actually take as allies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, um... So yeah, that no, was a good, good close game. Uh, and then in the last one, uh, the 400 points I played against Jack, uh, again from uh, our sponsors at Battlefield Hobbies. Um, so I of course Jack. I let him win. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, it was it was Brits versus M10s on a very open board, uh, and it was it was brutal. Uh, the M10s finally had some targets that they could shoot that was worth shooting at, and. Uh, and it, was, it was close for a couple of turns, but mainly I just was turning tanks inside and out. And then Sherman's turned up, and Sherman's are amazing. Did Jack of Churchill's? No, he had he had a weird mix, as the guys have only just started getting into V4. So they were taking V3 armies, so it was a mix of Grants and Crusaders. Um, and they hadn't really looked at the formation rules, so the formations were very light in core strengths. So there's a lot of support. Yeah, so, that, that's that's one of the big things to get your head around. I I found very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So I managed to just uh, so much so that I, at the weekend I bought another recce platoon because that's a, a core formation, a core mm. platoon. Yeah, they're good actually. Uh, uh, yeah, you hear so about so, so bad I bought my beer, so it's not all bad. 
did, did you hear about Nobby's list? That uh, So Hammy had made Nobby's list for him because he wasn't that familiar with V4. Um, so he just, you know, picked it up, picked his models from his existing list, turned up. Huh. And uh, it was only <laughs> after the second game that somebody started looking for his list. It was like, they're rather expensive. And it turned out uh, Hammy had kind of miscalculated all his tanks and... To be essence, in essence, he was kind of fielding about 80 points instead of 100. <laughs> uh, so the moral of the story is make your own army list. Hard mode yes. activated. Or, or use forces of war when the list is on there. Well, we were told at the open day it's in final testing, uh, so we should expect it any time. Obviously, pretty much, I think, I think everything from Team Yankees on there now. Uh, so, yes, but th- there's like, a weird there's a weird bit with it. I was talking about I I got the Canadian list, but I can't add any support because apparently I don't have the American or German list. Uh, yeah. Reading the way that the thing reads when you buy the list, you shouldn't need to buy the whole German book. It's a bit. I don't know. Uh, it's, don't it know. seems a bit weird, but I mean, it's fine. It, it's only a hundred points. It's not hard to work out on a piece of paper. I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, I wonder if the difficulty with the difference of V four is. In Team Yankee, you can take an allied formation. Yeah. But in V4, you can take often, well, you can take compulsory units from allies sometimes. So, like, the Germans can take Italians. So, and vice versa. So, I wonder if working out how that's going to work, because you have to have access to, obviously, the Italian compulsory units. So, I'll be interested to see how they manage to do that. Okay. Yeah, let me say, I've, I love the old forces. I used it a lot. I was quite happy to buy all the lists on there. So well, it's, yeah, well, I don't mind. It's, not like, it's like a dollar a list, isn't it? Exactly. And, you know, it used to be really essential, but now with the cards, yeah, the easier points limits, not having to remember that you've added this MG and that guy has the upgraded OP carrier unit. You know, there's a lot to be said for the streamlining element. I think mm. it's I think it's essential for events still, so you can have oh, someone yeah. list and go, this is what everything is, uh, and also for TOs to be able to check it. And I think that's something that's really noticeably absent at the moment. Yeah, yeah you're quite right there. Uh, right. Someone around a fair few tournaments, it was always a lot. If someone gave me a, a an easy army or forces um, list, I mean, you would still check it just because obviously there was a one or two mistakes on that that. No mistakes with both of those formats. Yeah. But you pretty much knew it was probably legit. Yeah. Uh, whereas yeah. if someone sent you a handwritten list, you were going through the book in detail and really checking the list. Yeah, five points to give everyone explode grenades. <laughs> I used to love people sending me via PM on the Flames for website. So firstly, I didn't know it was there because you never got the alerts on the old forum about PMs. Then you'd go in and you'd find that they've written in a really obscure format. So yeah. you're trying to sit there and work out, what are you doing? What are you doing here? I, I, I don't understand where this... How is this even legit? It's just like... <laughs> yeah. Whereas you got the forces one, it's just like, nice sheet, here's how it all works. It's, yeah, you just input into yours and just make sure it all adds up and bobs yeah. your uncle. I, th- I think the only real mistake I ever found with forces, and it's a mistake, I don't know how I kept making it, that it would let me take IS-2s and IS-85s in the same list. And I was there like, I've cracked IS-2s, guys. <laughs> and they'd be like, no, no, Ben, we've gone through this before. Damn it, forces. 
<laughs> so I did ask a question of Peter about the new for, about the new force, particularly on the Team Yankee, because you at the moment when you're building your list, you can see the card. So when you click on a unit, you can see all the stats um, and, obviously, and obviously select the points off it. So I said, well, it would be great if when you created the PDF to print out, which has like your pick list and, and all what the formations are. Could there be an option to have the cards printed so you maybe like six on a page? Yeah. It would be yeah, like a quick reference of all the stats. In essence, a bit. It would be similar to having the armory we used to have. Yeah. Um, but just, just uh, apparently, back in Battlefront had a heated discussion about this previously, um, and very much it's not going to happen. Um, and my impression is that's for the sake of retailers. Um, yeah. Being able to sell the cards. Uh, um, but they don't sell the cards individually. Well, no, it's like packs, don't they? Yeah. Well, even for like the American, even for like, I know, I know, so I know they've done for like Arab Israeli and they've done it for Nam and they've done it for Late War. Have they done it for Team Yankee as well? Oh no, no, they haven't done it for Team Yankee yet. Because there's, they don't, they don't oh, no, they haven't done it for Team Yankee, have they? No, no. But Sarah. again, you know, at least the, you know, it's not the answer I want, but I think it, that was a nice thing about the open day. You could ask these questions. You've got an answer. You get the answer and they kind of give you a reason why. Yeah, at least, it, you know, they gave an answer rather than being oh. in the void, as it were, so yeah. Yeah, the, the old classic, one of these type of things, which would be, oh, we'll look into it, or, mm, that's yeah. an interesting question, I'll talk, I'll ask that when I get home. And oh, yeah. And never hear anything ever back, them just actually being honest and going, yeah, we've talked about it, and here's what we've come to. The- the funniest thing about the QA sessions would someone throw out a really good idea and Pete would go, they'd be like, oh, you're going to make this product? And Pete was like, now we will. <laughs> <laughs> My only son of being here say plastic Panzer 470s. Exactly. Bears. You're breaking up. Dad, signal. <laughs> it's a slow burn, guys. Come on. You know, don't worry. Don't you don't you, know, you don't don't let the enemy know exactly what your main objective is. <laughs> you, you you guys think I could just say oh plastic pans of four seventies? No no no, it's going to be the pans of four seventy game range. <laughs> they have its own book, it'll be its own standalone main core line. Pans of four seventies for everyone. Is it a new game called Slutty Panzers? <laughs> Slutty Flat Panzer trademark. <laughs> Cool. Right. Shall we um, head on to the main, the main stuff? I guess everyone's going to be here to listen to the the news for the next eighteen months. Oh my gosh! Well, there's so much. I mean, can we can we just say to guys that check out the blog and instead because I mean that's the thing. There's so much information coming out. I was sitting there trying to text you guys. <laughs> the coolest things and I'd get halfway through writing one of the messages and he's already moved on to the three or four other things that I'm getting excited about that we completely missed out some stuff the worst uh, thing was I was at my daughter's dance class and I'm trying to look like I'm paying you know, fatherly attention to her I was sneakily looking at my phone to see oh, that's awesome <laughs> um, however I was lucky that Mark was there and he has done an amazing write up on the blog mm-hmm. which uh, is obviously was it Breakthrough Assault Read.com uh, if you do uh, uh, .co.uk, it will take you to the blog. That is technically not the actual name for it. Oh, breakforassault.co.uk. Yeah. Silence. Yeah, yeah, but, Silence uh, yeah. Science. 
But yeah, um, it's more masters talking about our, our thoughts and the stuff here, Fez. Yeah, I was going to say, like, but we, instead, so if you want the full listing, go to the blog. Here's the coolest stuff that we want to talk about. So, Mark, do you want to kick us off with the next? Yeah, one? so I think, you know, if we start with, with, with and separate out Flames of War and, and, and Team Yankee, I think obviously the, the closest thing to the door, and I think uh, what was really really well received with the Eastern Front. You've obviously, as Peter acknowledged, you know, they have gradually been building the content for mid-war. It was a bit slow to begin with, but they sit, you know, they're getting into their stride and they had both Eastern Front books there. So you've got uh, Iron Cross and, uh, what was its name, Fez? Uh, Enemy at the Gates. Enemy at the Gates. So this is focusing on Stalingrad and the surrounding battles to it. So the earlier the earlier kind of stages of, of, of mid-war there. Um, and it was, it, it's really, yeah, there's a lot in it. There's 38 lines of code for the Russians um, and a, a similar number of total codes, obviously some of them are already from the desert for, for the Germans. So there's, there's a lot in there. Is it going to be every single unit that was in version three? No, and never will be as the, you know, however defeats the whole point of version 4 at that point well exactly however is it more than we've seen in previous books I think so so for example you know you don't just you know people say you you just get massive infantry you have got the massive infantry you've got the big strout blobs and Phil's explaining how it's been you know they really looked at it to try and work out how to make these work in version 4 because there is the main thing is the difference in morale and what you've got now is basic, you know, con, you know, cons, you know, well, they, in essence, they were conscripted infantry, but those big blobs of infantry, you know, fresh into the city, being pushed forward by the commissars, um, in the offensive. And they are aggressive, as you'd expect. They hit on a three plus, but interestingly, they have a four plus save. Uh, and that's to represent, you know, they're not using the same type of tactics that you were seeing, say, from the Germans or Western Front soldiers trying to utilise cover, trying to be cautious, trying to advance more tactically. They're, you know, through no fault of their own, they're being pushed forward, they're being told to constantly advance and they're, and they're having to expose themselves, so they're taking more casualties. So you've got that four plus save, but then on the flip side, you've got this um, rule that gives them a six-inch assault, which is really useful for being able to get quality over quantity, Mm-hmm. Uh, so be able to get those stands in so you take eight hits in defensive fire and um they also get to represent the fact they had submachine guns etc in their uh companies uh, they get a plus one to their assault so i think that makes them assault yeah i think that makes them assault four instead of five for being green um but then on the flip side you've got the what's really interesting we saw heroes in version three mm. now um it's a bit different in version four. The heroes represent the guys who've kind of survived the initial stages in the city. They um, have kind of had their training through the crucible of battle. So they gain their three plus save back. They're smaller platoons, which is great if you don't want to paint, you know, base <laughs> upon base of Soviet infantry. But they're still pretty big. They've still got loads of options like the, you know, the anti-tank rifles, uh, flamethrowers, etc. in there. Um, however, they 
are a bit more, you know, they're more reluctant. They've got a five plus uh, motivation, for example. But what's, but the commissars are really important. So rather than giving you these constant re-rolls, which I really disliked in version three, because you could re-roll, re-roll. Um, now they give you a bit like the Italians. They give you a different um, stat line. So while the commissars are live, for example, your motivation is a four plus rather than a five plus. And that plays into, you know, using snipers and trying to target the commissar and all that type of stuff to try and knock them down, which then makes them more reluctant to go forward because they haven't got this commissar, you know, spurring them on. So I think a great deal of thought has gone into it. And I think it's going to be quite a different force to play. You've got these, um, you know, you have got a lot of tanks, um, probably not as much as I think people feared there would be. T-34s are still quite expensive. I can't remember exactly what they were, but... You get, you get quite a lot of them, but they're two plus to hit. Um, they don't have Helen Chicks, but they have over overworked. So if you move, you get plus one to hit anyway, but it's dumped tank by tank. Anyone plays uh, T-55s is used to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it is representing... I know there's a big back and forth of does Battlefront represent the Russians correctly, but, you know, I think no, that people, people in, in the game of mechanics... One. Yeah, that's, that's a bit, it's, an, it's an old argument. And back exactly. And forth, it? You know, it is this particular stage of the war. You do have veteran Russians. You've got storm groups. So you've got, um, you know, uh, four plus to hit there. They're really skilled. They're expensive, of course. They're armed to the teeth and they've got loads of different stuff. So, and you've got some veteran, I think, tank hunters I saw in there as well, as well as the normal tank hunters. So it's, you know... You have got these big blobs of infantry, but you do have these guys who have been really well trained and, and survived the fight um, and really gained their skills there. So, you know, I think it gives quite a lot of options. It's a, it's a, it's a big range and um, it's going to be lovely to see them with the other thing they announced, this massive plastic ruins. Oh, yes. Which you can yeah, see pictures really of nice. on the website. So they're about, I think it's off the top of my head, it's about 10 by 11 by 12 inches. Wow. So they're big That's pieces of kit, and, and they're modular, so you can make them how you want, you can have them as, you know, more intact, or you can have them more destroyed, and there's city fight scenarios, which are on a smaller board, I think it's, I think it's 4x4, four four? was it 3x3, three three? I think it's 4x4, four four. Um, there's two, there's scenarios in each book, so if you've got both books, you get all the scenarios, okay. and um, that plays, you know, looks really, really interesting, there's really specific specific rules on how to use these buildings on different levels and taking and holding different rooms within it and making it all a fight within these buildings. So I think that'd be pretty cool and add a new dimension to it and, and could be a really interesting thing to do in events as well. Coming back to the open day discussion earlier, you know, oh, throw a city fight game in there because it lends itself to smaller points. Well, you could definitely go like a core ivory route with that where you have like, you know, if you've got 10 tables, two or three of them are city fights. But obviously, again, we've got the core ivory style. You you warn people ahead of time and have like a, a second list so you can tweak Absolutely. And stuff. So if you get matched onto that board, you've yeah. got to pull your city fight list out. Yeah. Um. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, have some rules about having to keep like the core of the list the same or something. But you know, if you yeah. if, if you've got like a tank army, is your main thing. Well, you might want some infantry support. <laughs> and I think that's you know that is what V four a lot of is about is creating these more balanced lists that are capable of you know rather than being these uber spears that you saw in version three um mm. you need a little you know i think combined arms is a lot more important now uh so yeah so that was eastern front uh and obviously, then... there's, obviously, there's obviously some other training have like they have the they showed the uh what's it the the 
a factory tower, tank factory, what do you call it? Oh, right. yeah, and that's pre-painted. Yeah. Uh, that so they're cool still well. keeping all the pre-painted stuff. Um, and I think there was a bit of a, a worry when you saw some comments online, always, yeah, well, I love the painted stuff, are we going to lose it? And Peter made a point, absolutely not. It's yeah. just a new direction they're going for Pete Yo because it would just be too big for them to to do yeah it's also when it's modular thing. when it's modular yeah. it really wants to come pre-painted because you've got to blow it <laughs> absolutely the plastic stuff is the outlier is the exception everything yeah. else is going to be still pre-painted pull it out the box put it on the table you know because people will spend money on their on their armies and, and not on terrain I, from I, right I, I, I know i'm gonna I'm, i know i'm gonna pick up you know four or five of these buildings and do some city fight stuff going i'm quite lucky and you know it'll work for everything including team yankee oh yeah 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 I'm tempted to get some myself, as I say, to oh. just fight in the city centres of German towns there in um, Team Yankee. Uh, Fall of Berlin as well. That'd be quite yeah. cool. Oh, man, Berlin. yeah, doing yeah. like Berlin Brigade. Yeah, Car- uh, Kahn. Bolstrom. <laughs> uh, quick, quick, quick question, just going through uh, something I don't think I've mentioned before. So, so you got here, you said that there's Soviet and German infantry, plastic. I'm assuming the Soviet infantry is still the current one. No, new. Oh, new. So Ooh. they were showing it, I mean... There's there's a pic again. There's a picture up on the on the website on our website. Um, but it's I'll stress it's really early days uh, with it. it. It it's it's you know some people went audio they don't look right. It's that um, they're just mock-ups because they're still early on in the process. Okay. Um, but there is a new sculpt of them coming out uh, because there's a lot more stuff they need to model in plastic as well because they need to have like the um, anti-tank rifle teams the, the, you know, the flame everything that they need for the infantry is going to be in plastic so it's getting redone um, my understanding from what I spoke to them is it's, it's not going to be hard plastic it's going to be the plastic like you saw with the Soviets in um, Team Yankee Okay, and like the Brits in Midwalk. Yeah, and, okay, and I was chatting to the I've forgotten his name the sculptor who was there That's him Tim Adcock? Um, yeah. Tim Adcock, yeah. yeah. And I mean, again, this is another example of being open. He said, um, and, and, and Peter said it as well, he said, you know, the, the quality of the initial, what we refer to often as the flexible plastic early on, you know, it, it wasn't there with the desert rats. But it's a learning process and they're moving on. And you know what? It's getting better and better. The Soviet, the Team Yankee Soviets are pretty, are, are pretty nice. They, they, are, um, they did, this and they've with, had a lot more time to look at this stuff. So I think we've got to judge it when it comes. The same thing happened when they did the first plastic tanks. You look at the original um, Sherman Shermans, and the, yeah. and the uh, yeah. Stug. They weren't very good. Uh, they they kind of missed it, which is why they even redid the bo- the core game eventually. And uh, I've just gone back. I'm I've, I'm in the process of building up some T34s, and having gone from building the modern plastics to building those T34s. Those T-34s are a pain in the ass in comparison. Um, it's sort of a lovely <laughs> kit, but there's so much stuff which I think wouldn't be kind of individual now with their new way of doing it. Like, for instance, like the exhaust are individual. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, it, but I say a pain in the ass, that's a bit unfair. It, there's a lot of options. It covers a lot of, a lot of things. But having built like Churchill's, which just, I, sna- I got together like 10 minutes and then I'm building T-34s, which is taking about 25, 30 minutes each. Are you saying the old, the new kits are spoiling you for the old kits? Is Basically, that what you're saying? Yeah. But, 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 but yeah. it just shows the learning. You know, they've learned and yeah. they've got the process down. It takes time. Again, you, know, you look at other companies, probably the, I'm going to say the, the, the leader in plastics, you guys say Games Workshop, probably, most probably. Yeah. Look, at, look at their early kits compared to what they're doing now. You know, it, <laughs> hey, yeah, it, I, 
I, I, I, I was painting up one of the original 1990 plastic Gene Steeler hybrids to go into my um, to go into my modern Gene Steeler hybrid force, and it's just like the amount their plastics come on. It's, it's a, you know, it's, they are the industry leader in this. Pretty yeah, much. but that was over 20 years. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I think. Up our battlefronts come in what five? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they, they've done well, and as I say with these. I got I got the new British uh, soft plastic infantry that or whatever resiny plastic, um yeah they're they're fine they're lovely I've got some I'm putting some Italian artillery together at the moment, you know you can see they're better than the original British plastics they did so they're definitely they're, they're learning quickly it's just mm-hmm. it's just a shame unfortunately one of the sets they kind of learnt with they released and well, I think in hindsight they probably needed to rethink it but you know well, I think yeah. I, I think that these new books are going to be the first real upswing in version four because mm, you know, I I have got I think there's four members of the Guildford Games Club who are just waiting for these front books to come out before they get into V four. I've, I've had you know I've, I've messaged you guys. I've had Robin and one of the other guys here locally both say once the Soviets are out, um, they're all all and Germans are out. They're, they're gonna they want a game. So I think that that's kind of what's way for. I love the desert, but really, when it comes to mid-war, the Eastern Front is where the cool stuff is. I, th- I think there's a bit of expectation management. Again, some people putting comments online like, "Oh, where are the Panthers? Where's the Armored Infantry?" And that was covered at the event as well. So there's going to be, it's going to be four books in total. There'll be two Russian, two German. So you've got Kursk separately, well, uh, and it goes implied it's not going to follow on long too long afterwards. Uh, they, um, they, but that's where you're going to see your heavy their, tanks. They also mentioned it on the website a while ago, didn't they? Uh, yeah. There was going to be four books. So you're going to have your, you know, your, your things that are missing, your, your Panthers, your armoured infantry. Those are the things that are going to go into the other book. Although, Peter did say, um, there's going to be a web article which will allow you to field um, a unit of armoured infantry in the Stalingrad book to support people who have already got, you know, already got them. And then obviously they'll be released full sets and obviously in plastic for the, the release of uh, whatever the curse book is. Uh, I think the last thing to tell this before we do move on, because I think we've been probably on the, I know it's a really cool subject, probably on a bit too long. Uh, obviously some of the journalists are going to cover holes in the desert, they understand, aren't they? Uh, yeah, again, they explained that. They said, you know, why is there not going to be another book for the desert? And fundamentally it's because the Eastern Front order of battle is so similar to what was there in Tunisia that you'd just be replicating incredibly similar formations so there's no point to do a book so they're going to cover it online about articles about how to use your eastern front book to represent the Germans in in in, in the later stage of the desert campaign and then the kind of last thing obviously to go to the eastern front is they've got the they're going to do digital release for the minor axis now, um, I, I understood they'd said all three, but it sounds like Finns haven't been mentioned yet. No, I didn't hear Finns. I heard Romanians and... What was the other one? Hungarians. Hungarians. I never never heard the Finns. See, and I, I, oh, I find that interesting. Yeah. Cause I've heard a few people say this, and I find it interesting because Finns are... Kind of, out of the three, I'd say Finns are probably the more popular one because mm. they're the one they actually have a second range of models for. But the winter ones as well as the bog standard summer ones. But that was because of the early war book. But, yeah, but I think they were Which popular is another topic enough. in itself. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to that in a minute. But I, I think they are popular enough, though. Finns, they seem to be the most popular of the minor axis, in my opinion. Mm. 
Yeah. Based on local yeah. and local um, Flames of War players, we had about two or three Finnish players and one Hungarian player and one Romanian player. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I personally, the impression I get is it's Finns, Hungarians, then Romanians as kind of how the numbers, Romanians. the numbers I've seen. Uh, which I think is unfair because especially late war Romanians can play both sides so you kind of got that perfect Three. I can be red and blue depending what you need to be <laughs> um, but yeah it seems, it seems a bit weird they haven't mentioned them uh, I know they didn't do much in mid-war they were more of an early war and a late war kind of front but you know they were still there they were still fighting and they have got the model range for them so it seems odd not to do some cards yeah but they, but so Flames of War is, is obviously you're looking at the skew proliferation. I mean, for the Hungarians and Romanians, it, my, my history is a little bit weak here in terms of the list. It, are they going to have a lot of bespoke lines, or are they going to be taking a lot from existing... Hungarians so, have a lot of their own kit. Um, yeah. Romanians well, both, less so. Roma- well, Romanians have a lot of old French kit. Mm. So they still need their own stuff. They also have, both have their own tanks. They have their own, art- they have their own infantry. Their infantry looks nothing like the you know, the Germans at that time okay. they both can have German kit they can have Panzer Freeze and Panzer Fours, but they all have their own stuff if anything Finns actually borrow more from other factions well I think we all need to write very polite pleading messages on the, <laughs> uh, the Facebook group and tag Phil Yates in them definitely the guy who has no decision making policy on, on what actually gets released we should you know definitely hound him so, yes definitely so, uh, next next uh, series of books we've got, so we've got two uh, parachute books coming out. Uh, is there a time frame on this? I don't miss that. So, it's going to be after... So it all ties into the... Uh, it's going to be before Late War gets redone, which is the 6th of June, 2019. That's the one. Whoa, <laughs> what a day. And it's... It, it's I have to get his right because it, it sounds a little bit complex, but it's really future-proofing what's coming out. So there's going to be two books, one for the Americans and one for the Germans. Um, and in it, I mean, it's predominantly late war. Uh, it was the way it came across from Peter. But However, th- there, there are mid-war formations for Omega and airborne as well that you can use in mid-war but the late war stuff is going to be in the 100 point system but when those books drop it's going to be before the new armies of late war um comes out so you'll be able to field at that stage obviously 100 point power armies and, and assuming assuming you know, obviously whatever their support is in assuming that's in the book um but what they're going to do is include a pack of cards that allows you to use it in the current point system for late war, um, which will tide you over until June when you know, they fully switch over to full-blown version 4, 100 points, at which point you can put the cards away and, and everything ties up. So it's nice because it allows those mid-war players to get their stuff. It allows them to get that book out and people to start using their powers, but it's future-proofing well, what's in it as well. <laughs> So it seems a bit of thought's gone into it. I'm just in Um, the corner and sulk. The cool thing with this as well is they're they're both getting plastic ranges, which I think is quite cool. Um, I'm kind of, you know, coming my pants at this one, if I'm honest, uh, to be rude, because I I love paratroopers, and these these are my two favourites. I don't care about Americans in mid-war. Do you like them in Plays of War? 
Yes. Yeah, I've, I've had a few parachute arms. <laughs> a few. A few. Um, but, yeah, so, but I think it's quite cool, the, the future-proofing. And obviously the big news there being that obviously you've got 100-point uh, version 4 fully late war. And I think this is one of the big things I, I've kind of taken from reading all the news and hearing people talk about the event is obviously it talks about, in their opinion, they messed up the mid-war release a little bit when they first got, uh, got it out. And I think this this is them showing they've learned. So they're going to have the Forces book, so you, everyone has, everyone, well, all the four main factions can play. So even if they the, the next book's Normandy, the Soviet players still have lists. They can still yep. play. Yep. They're not sitting around waiting. And if the first book for Normandy is just Americans and Germans, the Brits still have lists. They can all take part. So there's none of this kind of, you know, like, like we've had now, the Russian Russian players have waited, is it almost two years since version four came out? No, it's just over a year. Just over a year. So, so they're going to be waiting you know, a year to 18 months to finally actually get any rules and any models to play with. Whereas this way, even if it takes another 18 months for them to get a late war book, they yeah. can still, they've still got access to lists. And that's, one of the, yeah. and that's one of the biggest problems. I remember you talking about Lee in, in, in Brighton. One of the biggest problems is a lot of people have Americans and they'll sit there going, great, I want to play some version four. <laughs> I think we, 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 the trouble is we have a disproportionate high number of Italian and, and US players <laughs> from the mid-war desert. Uh, so it's just like, um, all right, so what are we doing? Um, waiting a little. <laughs> But yeah, it, but it's, I'm, I'm quite happy. With this this is the big thing for me. I'm, I'm happy. They, they've learned. They're, they're doing it better. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. I mean, like I say, we, we saw the books improving. So I mean, obviously, yes, the German and British books were frankly disappointing, but the American book and the Italian book oh, really were good. back. Where it, we know, were, were big leaps. They're back to what you kind of expect us to be. Hmm. Um, and the, you know, the second iteration of the British book then comes, and that sort of again puts the Brits on the same level. And, and obviously the Germans are yeah, they're going to do the crossover Eastern Front, so then they've rounded them all out nicely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to my nebs with big template. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Um, right then. Then of course we've got the other one. Duncan's going to be happy with. Yep. Great one. Which is surprisingly next year. So yeah, so that's going to be an Osprey, an Osprey release that allows them to, you know, get these things out quicker. And I would um, say the first two Osprey books have been absolutely fantastic. They are just the books are brilliant. Uh, I know, Bad- I know, Battlefront make does the book and Osprey publish it, but they're just leaps and bounds. The fact that everything's in one book, they've got really cool stuff from them. You know, I've talked about it before. I love the fact the Narn book has the top ten songs from each year in it. Yeah, that's uh, about the. Yeah, that's just that's just cool. Uh, but but they, you know they they've taken the initial list and they've added to them as well, which is the other thing I really like. You know you've got like they find it like U.S. Marines for Nam, which is something people have been asking for for ages. Cause oh yes, they're, they're kind of important apparently. And also Ontoses are awesome. Why wouldn't you want Ontoses? I know they are so cool. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> whenever there's been a few messages on the forum, people and up on Facebook page, people going like, you know, I want Team Yankee 1960s. I'm like. That means we get those, that means we can use those in normal games. Yes, do it. Yes, they kill some tanks. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Doug, you want to take what's it? So you seen all stuff coming out for late war, uh, for great war, sorry. Great, great war. Yeah, I'm. There's there's rumours that um, well, obviously it's an Australian publication, so it's all going to come out in one go, and I think that all four nations going to be represented straight off the bat. Well, so you talk Belgium as well, isn't there? 
Belgium's interesting because Belgium um, essentially, well, they didn't drop out of the war. They fought, they fought to the end, but um, they, they kind of stopped being an offensive army about midway through 1914. Yeah. So, yeah, having them in there suggests um, maybe some early war stuff. I know that we were talking before about Italians and uh, Austrians and Austro-Hungarians and possibly even Russians. So I think... That this, this is going to be a great first set. Um, like we said, the, the books themselves have been fantastic from us, but I'm, I'm actually really pleased it's going to be done in that, in that way, just because um, I, I wouldn't want it to see it languishing as kind of its own little thing for too long. Um, yeah. no, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, like you the other day, because it's still used version 3 rules, going, guys, guys, can everyone tell me what this rule is in version 3? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just working version three because I, I forgot. Um, I, I was so confused. I, I had the version three rule book and a version four play sheet, and I, I completely just yeah, I lost the plot about that. That must be. Is it? <laughs> I'll just look at it. Oh, I still think the impression is going to be. I still think the impression is going to be 1918 because because yeah. I remember talking to Wayne when he did the uh, the proper book uh, first time around, and he said he loved it on 1914, but the problem is you have to do about 20 different ranges of infantry for every nation yep. by the Brits because you know you still got the very red each regiment has their own uniform um, yeah you've but, got problems like the, even the Germans changed they had the pickle help helmet the, yeah. you know, the classic spiky helmet um, I mean but, uh, yeah I, I, I'm hoping there's actually some some, some um, more like a little expansion in the ranges because what I found is that when we played the games things like artillery aren't aren't good value for the points I mean they're really they're so expensive there's Yes, yeah. cavalry and armor cars is, was listed on the slide I saw. Which again, is, but again, the cavalry was by 1918 was essentially infantry. They, uh, they were they, for they scouting. They stuck them straight in front. Scouting and, break, and, and breakthroughs, yeah. wasn't it? They, I'm sure there's a few breakthroughs these cavalry. Not really. They they pretty much shot their bolt by that point. They they were they were essentially, especially on the German side, they'd been pushed into uh, frontline duties. They'd been given a rifle and told to stand in this trench. <laughs> um, I'm sure someone will prove me wrong now, but um, uh, yeah, for, certainly for the Allies, the, the Entente Allies, the, the, the inclusion of uh, cavalry could be interesting, especially with breakthroughs. And that's the whole reason that you had things like the Whippet were brought into service uh, as an exploitation tank, because they obviously realised that the, the the male, the female, and the hermaphrodite were just not fast enough to exploit anything. And that's um, that's part of the reason you know the German offensives failed is where they punched through. They only had something like uh, an infantryman to exploit them. So right, they can yeah. never actually break through properly, but right. no, I, I think it's going to be great. I mean, I'd be interested to see how it works, even if they do 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 um, cavalry as mounted infantry. That in itself could be interesting. The mobility at the end of the war, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see. It. I, I said we and Winner played quite a few games of a, of a great one. Uh, we enjoyed it. Um, as you said, I, I could see it being limiting after a while. Which is, I think, I need, did need a few more options. But um, it was always we, always, we had fun playing the games. I'd be interested in picking up an army when it comes out solely to uh, to take part in the Fezman Iron Hobby Challenge. <laughs> so start, start with a great war and end, end up with Team Yankee. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, oh, a, a, a game of each system over a weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it'd be, I, I, I'm assuming things is going to be essentially like a. a, a B for not copy and paste, but certainly okay. uh, the big chunk of that. Yeah, yeah it, it, I, mean, I, I dare say it might not have like jet rules in it. 
<laughs> no, I was, th- I was thinking more t- like things like the pre planned Bradleys, are you? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm going to tow those AV7s to there. Um, <laughs> Attack helicopters. I mean, that would really make a difference. Uh, I would love to know. But the um, the thing that does slightly concern me, and I'm, I'm really interested to see how they do it, is the artillery. Because the whole reason that people started sitting in trenches was that artillery was devastating. And and so I, I would, I'd like to see how they do that in terms of, um, you know, the artillery uh, firing at people dug in, certainly in improper uh, breastworks rather than just sort of in the uh, open. Yeah, the rerolling safe. Because rerolling safe. Yeah, that might not be able to be a rule. Maybe even a trench, you don't you don't have to reroll your safe. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, something like that. Um, yeah. I'm not panicking about it. It was just my one little. Hmm, I wonder how they're going to do that. Um, yeah. Because you know, they should be. Um, unless you got a direct hit on them, it, it was very hard to knock them out. I mean, well, aren't the aren't the artillery units um, only one or two guns? No, they're they're horrifically expensive. You can get a, a four gun battery. But it's like in you know, old money, like seven hundred, eight hundred points. Yeah. Because it suffers um, from the early war tax on the anti-tank value being so good. Yeah. A- a- 100%. And it also, um, it, the direct fire is extremely good against stuff that's dug in because it's 24 inches and it's a 3-up firepower or 2-up firepower. Uh, um, the uh, uh, the other way they can do it is they do single gun batteries or single, not even guns. They were like essentially deployed as forward. Well, um, s- saying that, in four rules, two guns is a lot less of a downside than it used to be. So you might end up getting two guns. What are we rolling? Because you need yeah, but not with morale. No, not morale, but with the actual bombardment rules. And in all fairness, if you're playing Great War and, you, and the enemies come out attacking you, something's gone a bit. And you're on the offensive, something's gone a bit weird. Um, right. Because <laughs> because you recycle yeah. your platoons as the attacker in, in some of the missions, so it'd be a bit bizarre. I, I, I want to see how they do it. And let's say so far, uh, I think it, it could be quite cool. <laughs> I'm also hoping there'll be a few more missions because one of the other things to suffer from was only having three missions last time. Yeah, they're very, very good. They're very flavorful missions. But yeah, but if there was like six missions with that amount of flavor, I think yep. you could really have some um, some really cool games. And Always want more, don't you, Ben? I do. I do want more. Really when, that, when, they, when they do six, I go, right, where's my digital ones online? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I, I'm... I'm very, I'm very hopeful. Uh, I'm not even hopeful. That's not even the right word. That makes it sound like there's, there's any doubt. I'm actually very, uh, I'm very pleased that this has been included. Um, I mean, we talked ages and ages ago that the kind of the side games, um, well, it'll be interesting to see what they've done. And so far with Nam and, um, and with Fate of a Nation, they've, they've absolutely smashed it. So, um, going that route is, is brilliant. And, this brings on to the other big news with Osprey is the fact that it's not definite, but apparently one of the options they're looking at for early war is Osprey are going to do the early war books because it's basically yeah. not viable with the number of like lists and odd tanks you have to do early war like they're doing with mid war and like they're going to do a late war with all the early war lines because there's a lot more nations. No one can stock it basically. Basically, yes. that's the thing. So the way Peter came across with it, and again, you know, he's harping back to just trying to be honest and explain their their ways of working, and, it, and that it's a business. Is look, if you could tell they want to do early war, they like early war, but they just can't have that. It's just not viable to release it. You know, switch over to plastics, and importantly, get stores to stock it because mm. it is. Uh, probably the small 
smallest of the three eras, certainly now Midwars being re-released. Um, and, you know, stores only have a fine amount of space, and they've got, obviously, Team Yankee there now as well. So they said they're still looking at things. I, I think it came across fairly clear it's not going to be ever a, a proper, you know, like, like they're doing a late war release, but they're obviously looking at Osprey and using that as an option. And I think that could be really good because, as you said, Ben, you could get everything into, you know, whether it's one one book or two books or whatever. I think it but you get everything too. condensed. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think you you would, you know, it all, all be there. They'd probably add a few bits and pieces as, as, they, as they, so far, they have done with Osprey. There's yeah. a range of models there that's yeah. still available for, for direct order. But, of course, course they need to balance that because they need to be careful. Retailers don't like people going direct order to battlefront so they don't want it to be an absolute go-to well, with it um and that's probably what they're trying to work out at the moment but i, I got the impression there's still going to be an early war it's just not going to be core no i mean i would say early war is my favorite period um no kind of no choice no about it i love early war it's a combination of the dystopian looking tanks which had never been a hit, had been on a battlefield, but for some reason were, and all the bolts and stuff. It just, I, I love, I just love it. Um, but there, it is too much. One of the things of early war is you have so many nations because obviously by mid war, France, you know, Belgium, Holland, um, you know, all these, Poland, a lot of these countries have been knocked out of the war. So, oh, I don't upset the mix, French. Are the free French. French right? Well, free French. Yeah. But, you know, again, we're not, we're not seeing many free French models from mid war, are we? Um, so far, um, but yeah, and but no, I, I love it. I think I do think I think it's the best way of doing it because there's like, for instance, even when they did early war initially, the, the French are missing a few tanks. There's a few tanks they did use, which they, there are no models for at the moment. I think this could be an opportunity to do that. Uh, I know some people are complaining it's going to be no plastics. I actually don't think there will be there will be no plastics. I could see like a plastic Panzer II kit, which probably does like a Wasp or something as well, because that is that be universal throughout every period. But it would make sense to do it alongside an early war release. Uh, but the more important thing, the more the main reason I love this, other the fact that you say the Osprey books have been brilliant, we're going to get it sooner. If we waited for them to finish late war, which would be the current timeline, we could be waiting another four or five years for this. At least this way, we probably could get it in a year and a half or so. Yeah. So, uh, but and I, I said I think I said the last podcast. I I thought early war should have gone mail order only anyway for a lot of the stuff because you say this is too many lines. It helps keep centralised. One of the things I've been loving with Nam and um, Face for Nation is you can go onto the new websites for them and it tells you the stock level. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I said they brought up in the uh, the yeah. FA in the uh, QA session as well in the seminars was that they needed to get their own house in order. And yeah. if you've, if you've ordered anything from Battlefront over the last couple of years and you've not done it within the last couple of months, I recommend giving it a go. Uh, they now have free shipping over a certain point. Um, this is obviously for stuff direct. I have worked in the games industry. If you can support your local store, please do Yes. just go in there and buy stuff from them. Um, if you don't, if you're not lucky enough to have a local store, um, and they're not you know, stocking Battlefront stuff, then obviously go to Battlefront. Battlefront. Um, um, but order direct, you know, and their stuff has been so quick out the door, and it has arrived. Obviously, a lot of the uh, the Fate of a Nation stuff, hashtag hobby overload, <laughs> uh, has been coming in through my uh, my work office. But, um, but just quickly on that as well, there's uh, I can't remember what it was. I think I was looking at the T62. 
and actually told you. So it told you the British, the so the UK and the American warehouse, which one's got in stock. But it also said, um, I think one of them was not in stock, and it told you the estimated date they were going to get it back in stock. Well, that's good. So you, yeah, you, you the T62 is not in country yet. No, but at least you weren't there going like you know, oh, I'm ordering it. I'll be soon. Cool. Yeah, and then you waited yeah, like two, good. three months. So and what Pete so, said was that he he needed to get his own house in order, and they've worked very hard behind the scenes getting that all done. And I've you know I've, I've witnessed the actual difference it makes now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know, it's, and that's great. They need to be larger side of the normal Flames of War side, but obviously that's a far bigger thing than doing the Nam and the Fate of a Nation uh, ranges, which are in comparison very small. Um, so, but yeah, you know, yeah, it's um, and if Early War gets the same treatment, then fantastic. Mark, just uh, did they mention anything about obviously with the, the Early War stuff? Was that going to be obviously all direct only, and and presumably the lines that already exist? Uh, no, they didn't. I mean, I'm making okay. a a wild assumption there. But no. when you look at Fate of a Nation and Nam, there's some stuff that's gone. You can kind of get from the general retailers, like the pop, yep. like the thing is, you know, the full range being being done by retailers. Yeah. And I suspect that's something they're trying to work out at the moment. I, I think I, the impression I, I got guess. was. Oh, the, well, the impression I got was that the the books, the cards, and the starter boxes will be available to retail, yeah. and pretty much everything else will be direct. Okay. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few more maybe starter sets than there have been for the other ones, just because it is, um, you know, without, with all due respect to Nam, Fate of a Nation, and, and Great War, Early War is probably going to be a slightly bigger, you know, uh, bit of the pie financially than those three. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a, like for instance, a French infantry box set, uh, army deal and a French tank army deal. Uh, just an example of the same, like maybe like with the poles, so there's a, there's a few more army deals just to get more stuff in the, in the stockish shops, which I, are viable, I, maybe. I, I, mean, I get a feeling that it will be a slow, you know, that, that may, may come down the line. And they'll dip their toe in the water and see what the actual response is. I mean, we live, all hobbyists live in their little hobby bubble. And yeah, we're really popular here, but it's an international company. So it doesn't float in the States. That's a much, much bigger market. So we'll just have to, they'll, they'll, they'll you know, responsibly do the best they can when it comes out. But they're not going to get into the same problem they had and just swamp, no, swamp the market with stock, you know. I mean, and there are... The, as silly as it sounds, there are hobby stores out there who will just buy everything that you sell because they think that's what they need to do and then get themselves in a really sticky situation with stock and go, oh, I've spent too much. It's not making me money. I'm not now going to do- drop everything. Yeah. Well, cool. And, and sorry, you reminded me there very quickly about starter sets because something that was snuck in at the open day was there is going to be an open firelight starter set, and we should expect it with the release of Late War, which I think is fantastic news oh, for the cool. hobby of getting new okay. people in. More hobby crack. Um, but but I mean that's quite cool because that will probably still run run, uh, run alongside the Al- Al- Alamein set, which is actually quite a Games Workshop way of doing it now. They've started doing that where they have like the big arm, the big box game, yeah. which is like ninety odd quid. I'm not saying this one would be ninety quid. Uh, and then you have like the smaller one, so you don't want to spend ninety odd quid to try something. You can spend a lot less and still get like the starter rules and a couple of models for each side. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. So I think that's flames. Anything to add to flames before we move on to Team Yankee? 
it's well, I just think that's the highlights. Like I say the rest is on the the, the the smaller bits and pieces. If you missed anything, are on the uh, on the website. But that's the highlights. I tell you what, one thing I was just thinking all the way through this feature. What's the name of the German book? Iron Cross. Right. What's the name of the Russian book? Enemy at the Gate. So, what the name of the German one should be was Cross of Iron to make it a bit matching the film film titles. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's not, it's not, You're never I'm happy. Can't make hob- hobbyists happy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm hoping for the trouble at the Gates, I'm hoping the 2019 objective is, do you remember the scene for Selly's, you know, it's his first kind of sniper kills and it's the German having the shower in the... Oh, <laughs> and, uh, oh no. I was like, that would be really funny objective no. for 2019. That would be it, cool. Yeah, the cross iron one would get quite creepy, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, let's... Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Are we going with the scene of the women in the house? Yeah. Or, oh, or the Nazi... I just want a little 15-year-old Jude Law, I'm just saying. It's fair to say cross iron's a much darker film than any of the gates. Oh, no, I know what I want for Enemy of the Gates. I want Bob Hoskins being... Uh, oh, yes! Oh, yes! <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, look, at the the <laughs> look at the boss! Can, can he shout? It's good to talk. Like, in a Russian accent, though. And talk to a painting of Stalin. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to buy a second one just to put him as my company commander. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've just watched Death of Stalin. Every, That's every, hilarious. That's a brilliant film. Zukov. I mean, uh, Isaac's just sells that film so as Zukov. It's unbelievable. <laughs> just a strong Yorkshire accent. <laughs> Zukov. <laughs> just got uh, the whole bloody Red Army with me. <laughs> I took Berlin. I think I'm take a guy in the waistcoat. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Russian. Oh, yes. segue. And, uh, yes, uh, Team Yankees. So... I guess just quickly, uh, Lee, do you want to take this away? I would, so if I didn't actually pay much attention, was so I'll let Mark do it, as soon as he was there. Fine. So, I suppose, again, start with the big stuff. The biggest announcement was Oil Wars. Now, um, this is going to be Middle East, uh, Team Yankee. There was a little bit of confusion, and I think it will probably get cleared up closer to the time. The question was asked, is this you know, from the Team Yankee universe, they, when you read the book, they talk about the war in the Middle East that's going on. So I asked the question and said, you know, is, is this tying in with the Team Yankee universe? And there, and also, is it going to be compatible with all the current Team Yankee armies, to which Peter said yes, which is great news. It's going to be Israel, Egypt, Syria and Iran. But then Peter also mentioned about the Iran-Iraq war. So obviously that's historical rather than being Team Yankee. So I don't quite know how that works. I think whether it's going to do historical and Team Yankee, but, you know, I think the key thing was, it was a yes to the question, is every, is the Middle East stuff all going to balance against the Western forces? Um, to which, you know, to which he said yes. So I think that's going to be, you know, that's going to be great. And there seems to be a lot of people already really excited on the internet about the, the, uh, the, you know, the, the 80s Israeli tanks would be pretty cool. I think oh, the thing to remember is the guys oh, literally don't know this themselves. There's probably been, they probably penciled out the year and gone, yep, yeah, that'd be cool. There's a couple of bullet points. That's as much as we've got as a product right I, now. Because we're busy. I would, I would, I'd be surprised if they weren't fair, fair way through this where you say, you know, don't know themselves yet. The it's a long way. I mean, it's, 
Um, when was it? Is eight? Is it eighteen months away? Or am I getting confused with something else? When, no, when you're was it? Something else. Uh, no, this is like uh, I, the impression I got from following the Battlefront website, uh, Facebook page was this is kind of like early-ish next year. No, no, no. It's no? not early-ish next year. Okay, that's that's the impression. I no, because you've still Facebook. got the polls and the checks, which is the other thing that's that's coming up. Um, yeah. I'm trying. Hang on. I'll, um, polls and checks. Yeah. I'll look it up because it's on the it's on the website. There was so much announced. Yeah. Um, it's. Hang on. I will tell you. Battlefront Open Day, what did we learn? Team Yankee. So Oil Wars is going to be So you've got So you've got Team Yankee version two coming in October twenty nineteen. Mm. So that's obviously a, a year big away. thing next year for them. That's bringing it in line with version four. Um there's no actual date announced for Oil Wars. The picture was twenty nineteen, wasn't it? Well, just kind of, if you're just kind of mapping yeah. out the year, if you've got mapping out the year, if, um, obviously, basically, we, we, was it, you said it was, uh, p- p- so the Czechs and Polish are this year? Yes. Well, no, they didn't say it was this year. They okay. didn't say when it was. Okay. Didn't say I would was. be surprised if it's this year because I think with August being Eastern Front. Yep. I think. They, I, I get the impression, obviously they can only produce so many plastic kits, etc. The size of that and, and what they must have invested into it, I would be surprised if we see much more this year than well, Eastern I, Front. I want to say, and I could be making this up but in my head, I, isn't the parachute books... I want to... They, They're 19. They are 19. So I want to say at one point, no, I might be making something messed up. So we assume they're probably early next year. Because that's my co- impression. Yeah. Because there's no, no point doing the there's no point doing the late war cards to update them if they're going to come out like two months before the updated late war. Books. Right. That, so that was would, that was certainly my impression. Maybe, maybe yeah. we'll see them this year. Maybe um, like December January, I would say, because Eastern Front's probably going to be a three four month release schedule. You'd think because normally it's about a three month release schedule for a big release. We'll say four months because it's got a bit of extra stuff in it. But even then, they do start, they do overlap sometimes with these releases, just slightly towards the end. Slightly towards the end, they do, yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, so I could see like January being paras, but that's only going to be like a month probably because there's not that. I would imagine there's that much to come out for them. Yeah, uh, month, two months. That will bring you up to March. So You've got Great like, War. But but like Arab Israeli War is kind of like separate releases. It it's is. Kind of, it's like something's being released alongside the other stuff. It's not like, uh, you know, we've still got, uh, what's it, the Free Nation stuff coming out, and so Arab Israelis kind of like running alongside that release schedule. I imagine Great will be the same. Yeah, I suppose there is, there is a, currently a gap in what we're looking at, so probably kind of like March through to the late war release. Yeah, and that's where I could see this fitting in, because you kind of, that's coming around towards the start of the financial year. You want to kind of end and start the financial year strong. This would be but in my mind. I thought they'd want to wait to release a new kind of not era, but a theater with version two. So if I was released in version two, I'd release version two and launch oil wars with it. Cause actually version two is just going to, you know, by the sounds of it, it's just updating the rules and actually it's not that different. So that's probably oil get, wars like, could that... fit in with that version two. But I think that's where you get like the Brits and the Americans with the Challenger and the Warrior, the the Abra, the Bradleys. And yeah, that. could be because because I mean yes, yeah, new era, it's a new theatre, it's it's going to be quite popular. 
if you give uh, British players the options for challenges and you get and you get the Bradleys and all that sort of stuff in there, I think that's probably going to be a bit more popular. Absolutely, and and there's a question mark there still as well of is this going to be when you start seeing the challenges and they said about the T80s, the Apache, you know, all these toys we've been waiting for. Is this going to be, you know, late late Team Yankee? And therefore, it's going to have a different set of lists, which is an interesting opportunity to change points for existing mm. stuff, question mark. Or is it going to be, right, you can now take challenges in 1985 or, or slightly beyond. And that brings its own challenges of balancing because obviously they're going to be more expensive and it's quite hard to field expensive small numbers of units. Are they going to be more pricey than Leopard 2s? I would say yes, because we're looking yeah. at, so it's got the armor of, of an M1 I, of an IPM1, so at least for armor 19, that kind of thing, plus the firepower of the chan- of, um, of, of the um, Leopard 2. You've got slightly less yeah. ability because of the, we still we still have the steam powers um, stabilized and that kind of thing on the, on the early on the early challenges, but um, I think it's going to make a big enough difference to be a, a big saving. So I'll be, I, mean, I'll be look, I think it's going to be like 10, 11 points easily. And when you look at Apache, I mean, at a minimum, it has to have the same save as a Hind, except it's going to be Veteran with a a fantastic weapon suite. So they're going to be expensive as well. So it'd be interesting to see how they play this more modern kit. I'm really really curious how they're going to model the Hellfire because there's all kinds of things. um, So with the Hellfire, it's laser guided. So and what they can do if the tanks are sufficiently close, you ripple fire. You allow two seconds to each missile. You just move the laser from target to target and walk the rounds in. So it, it in theory, can have a much higher rate of fire than, say, a tow missile where you've got to keep it guided all the way to target. Do, do we, do yeah, I think it's going to be rated by two, personally. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I go that. Yeah, I, I, I could believe that. Just let... Sorry, just uh, do you think the Apache's allowed the parabola fire? Well, how do you know, the, the parabola thing where they can flick it and it... it like loops up and down, you can have it like nape of the earth fire. I'm sure they can do that. Yeah, there's a little. Do you mean where the gun looks where you look? No, so no. this is trying to help. So basically, it's where you have the buddy lazing thing. So one one Apache lobs its hellfire up and down, basically does a loop thing. Oh, and the Kiowa, yeah. but the Kiowa's basically got its maximum yeah. sight above the tree line, picking off targets. Yeah. I mean, that could, that could be, that could be, you know, basically, uh, that'd be nasty because you, you get to keep, keep it on the ground or something, you're firing or something. Yeah, and it mean the keywords would be in there as well. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't like worry. It's going to have the gunslinger rule. So you know, like the Oof. the French have got gunslinger, so they can oh. fire before AA. Gunslinger on something that's actually got a decent gun would be scary. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I think they're going to have the gunslinger rule with Hellfire to represent the fact that they are literally <laughs> popping up with their oh. radar. Nice. Detecting the AA and getting the first shot off. Yeah, well, that's only the longbow. Well, we're way too early for longbow patches. So that's yeah. But if yeah. you combine it with the uh, Kiowa. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you do the Kiowa with the yeah, yeah laser. So you might yeah. see it a bit like Team Yankee, where you have like almost like a hunting pack. Yeah. I mean, my god, longbow longbow patch would be absolutely sick. That would literally you can fire off all the missiles in one go. Papa, yeah, but that's getting a bit later, isn't it? That is getting much later. That's that's two thousands. So yeah. I just want to yeah. say. Uh, one of the very first flight sims I had was an F-18 that had the Maverick TV guided missile. Yeah. And uh, I got to a mission where I was supposed to bomb this building and I'd fly, switch to the view so I'd look at the little TV screen inside the cockpit and I'd fly that missile straight into the bunker and every time it did, it said, game over, you're dead. And it took me six months to realise 
that yes, I was flying that missile straight into the bunker, but I hadn't actually dropped it from the plane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just kind of going back to wild speculation. uh, What's what's the uh, what's the Israeli tanks? The Makava. The Makava. The Makava basically um, is their their main battle tank that's come in at this point. I think so, yeah. I get, I'm a bit hazy on what the actual sequence is, I, but it's basically... Think, sorry, I was just saying, I think for my little Google foo research, there's not massive difference from the, aesthetically from between the Macabre 1 and 2? No, because there's, there's still the shot trap, which caused lots of issues with um, in close-range fire. Um, but the main thing about it is it puts its engine at the front. Yeah, that's, it's to save the, help save the crew. I was reading about this. Exactly. It's ra- a razor, you know, it, ultimately, Israel is a small... Nation. Um, you can't afford a war of attrition with the guys around you. So hey, you can afford to lose a tank. Those guys can run back and either get in the Macarthur or, or get into a war reserve M60 or M48 or something like that. But their crews are hard to replace. So if you lose a tank, fine, we get another tank. But, you know, we need to keep the crews alive. And so basically, you put the engine at the front so you get all the mass at the front. But also, as a bonus, it means you've got a hatch at the back. The guys can get out quickly. Mm. The tanks brewing up. I mean, there's yeah. lot. There's lots of myths about it being a troop carrying capability, but all the ammo, all the sort of ammo racks in there, you, you could probably yeah. squeeze another crew in as an emergency X build, but you can't um, get like armed infantry or anything like that. Two plus you, remount, by the sounds of it. Oh, the, like, definitely, yeah. The Google Foo research said that basically, if you took out all the ammo, it could carry eight, it could carry eight men. Yeah, and but, basically, what they do you, with the old, but, but you have to have no old, ammo. <laughs> so yeah, basically, that's what they do. So as as they get the new Magak force come in. The original Magats get turned into APCs, so they take the turrets off, and they've got this big, roomy entire compartment, and they, and they oh, use cool. them as heavy APCs. But are we, what are we thinking armor-wise? Is it kind of medium compared to what we've got in Team Yankee, or is it quite I'd, heavy? I'd say you're looking at definitely sort of um, a Leopard 2 level, maybe 18 in the front. Oh, bloody hell. But, that, okay. It's no, a proper modern main battle yeah. tank. But yeah. no ceramic armour, it's still, I think it's still doing all the old-fashioned old steel, so you probably haven't got like, the cobbles on the side, that kind of thing. That's, okay, no, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. So, obviously, um, Iran, Iraq, Syria and all that are probably roughly what we've seen already. Well, Iran's an interesting one, because you have to remember, up until, sort of, in the mid-70s, they're a massive ally of the West, because we're basically oh, propping up a fact, I actually, I actually uh, I had to stay awake today after my night shift, I was watching do- some uh, documentaries, and Iran and Israel were best mates to the mid to, to the yeah. Left the, the, the Shah, the Shah, was quite forward thinking. Also, you know, as far as bloody despots go, and so um, <laughs> you know, he he was cultivating a relationship with Israel. He was trying to move the power over to like nuclear power rather than being like oil. Israel helped them build nuclear power stations. Irony, yeah, but also <laughs> they means that they've got some pretty shit. Uh, sorry, pretty hot equipment there. So. Their air force is rocking F-14s, for example. No, the only I'm finding the F-14 so, model. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> only purely air-to-air at this point. But um, oh. both they got F-4s, they've got F-5s in the air. On the ground, they've got M-48s and chieftains. Now, oh, okay. thankfully, um, murderous Islamic regimes are not that great at um, keep at manpower <laughs> retention. So most of the officers <laughs> flee to London. And then they spend your, basically most of the Iran-Iraq war basically trying to use chieftains in um, head-on attacks, which goes about as well as any time you ask a chieftain to move. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they get basically chieftains get wasted by T-62s, and Brits go, oh, oh, that thing's going right for armour. Let's get that steel brew thing to stop. The, um, 
it's actually it was one of the series documentaries we watched. One of them was on why um, like uh, Arab, Arab armies aren't traditionally don't fight very well, uh, and it's, it was one of, the, one of the cool things from that. And I think you kind of see this in, T- in Team Yankee come across an uh, Arab Israeli war. Sorry, is um, they didn't pass information on down because uh, holding information was more powerful than giving information. Yeah, they all suffer from largely centralized command commands. Yeah, yeah, very no little- mission command. Exactly, there's very little in terms of initiative, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and even, yeah. even the Western aligned forces. That, I mean, like I say, Iraq, the Persian army used to be a lot, and the Persians or Jordanians are a lot more Westernized in their doctrine than, say, Syria and um, um, Syria, Egypt, that kind of thing. But yeah. or, or Egypt at that time, obviously modern Egypt's a bit better. But yes, yeah, it's, it's like I say, it just doesn't lend itself well to modern maneuver warfare. And, and what, one of the there's one of the examples they're using was uh, actually Saudi Arabia fighting in Lebanon, and uh, and there's lack of initiative. They were just sending tanks in, but unsupported by infantry, at long mountain passes. Yeah, and well, you can, you can, yeah, you can, you can see this in like in like Yemen and that where you got um, hmm. you know M1 tanks just basically you know getting wasted because they just use them poorly and like silhouetting yeah. them. And, and, it's interesting all that kind of area. Even even the, even the sort of the Turkish fighting into like Kurdistan. That it's like you got Leopard two tanks, which you know we could say one of the best tanks in the Western world. And if you use it like a chump, it's, it's still gonna die. Is basically. Yeah, they've had some surprises out there. <laughs> but it's great for research trying to look at what a brewed up Leopard two looks like. You didn't have that kind of level of information. <laughs> so my objective markers are really easy to work out now. <laughs> well. I'm sure the uh, the Turkish military is very happy so that they can help uh, early. <laughs> it's fine. The, the, the crew gets out. It's all it's all that nice um, explosive panel stuff thing. Uh, so yeah, I, mean, I think I think this is great though. I think this is a great direction to take take Team Yankee. You know, add in all these new nations again. It's something we talked about in the previous podcast. You know, as I said, I I want North Korea. I want South Korea. I want Japan. I I want all the options that make sense. I mean, um, if you get if you look at um, so obviously we see a Team Yankee universe. It's really actually um, General Sir John Hackett's universe. It's, um, he wrote a book called The Third World War, and ha- um, Harold Coyle basically based the Team Yankee book in that universe. Mm. Um, yeah. And if you look actually what he wrote between that and um, the Third War, the Untold Story, which is like a kind of a quasi version of it, there's a whole thing where Egypt invades Libya. You have um, the Americans invading Cuba. You had the Korean, like I say, the Korean Wars kicking off. There's a lot going on in the world. It, I mean, it's very much focused on Europe, but it's talking about what else is going on. Sorry, China invades Vietnam, not Korea at all. Actually, I don't think Korea gets mentioned at all, nothing about it. And then um, the Africans, basically, like the sort of Soviet Union-aligned Africans invade South Africa. So there's a lot you could pick in that's just outside Europe. Hmm. And we still have stuff in Europe to do. Like I say, we still have the whole, you know, Norwegians versus naval, um, Soviet naval infantry and stuff you can well, still do on that front. Infantry was an interesting one. Um, they still, one of the things that Pete did say was that they're still not sure whether or not they're going to go for infantry forces properly in Team Yankee. As in non-mechanised infantry. Yeah. 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 I really don't think they should. Yeah. It's, it's it's not an infantry game. I, I really, I mean, it, the problem it, actually the problem is it's, it's become a mech infantry game at the moment because tanks really are struggling in Team Yankee. I think, and the last thing I want to see now is, is more guns, more <laughs> infantry. Um, 
it, it, you know, what, what was great about Team Yang, particularly earlier on before everyone worked out about the Soviet, how good the MP2 blobs were, was mm. it was really manoeuvrable and, you know, the T-72 and the M1 having some really good fights. And that's what I'm really hoping the alignment with version four is, is there an option back, particularly with the artillery changes is there an option that you think they could they could you know use the the bad n-word of nuclear and and <laughs> Oops, maybe have yeah. armored forces say look you know you're not obviously you're not going to attack a place that you've just nuked but there's nothing saying that you wouldn't attack the outskirts and nbc kit limiting infantry way more than it would an armored fighting I- vehicle I don't think they would, because realistically, if nukes got used, it would escalate so quickly that yeah. it wouldn't just be contained to battlefield nukes. Yeah, I, either, either basically it escalates to a full nuclear exchange, or one side goes, uh, that's right, this not going to push that button, and the war ends. Either way, the war ends, just one's the big ball of nuclear fire, or one's with a little ball of nuclear fire. Uh, I- it would be interesting to see what the, you know, what the, the fictional political state would be at that point. Well, spoilers in the in the um, in the Third World War universe. Basically, as the Soviet Union sort of bogs down, it lo- it tries to break up NATO by nuking Birmingham, and then that's um, in Team Yankee as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it, yeah, it gets mentioned in Team Yankee, but it's it's based, again it's based on the Hackett um, universe. And then don't they hit Minsk or something? So yeah, so you, the U.S. Navy and Royal Navy basically is trying to take out Minsk in um, Minsk, that's it, which yeah. then and that basically by hitting the Ukraine it initiates. Um, a Ukrainian revolt, which then starts the Soviet Union collapsing as all these satellite states basically break off, and, that ends, and the war ends on that basis. Basically, can, can I just say that makes no sense to me? Surely, when they need Birmingham, we sent them a big thank you letter. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, because they so be about ten years ago. Uh, ten years ago, we decided uh, I was playing a, a zombie live-action role-play game, um, and we we actually nuked Birmingham as well. Um, <laughs> Purely through coincidence. No, honestly, I Birmingham. Be- no one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten enough Birmingham to realise they probably someone probably could nuked it, and it probably wouldn't have made much difference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not going to say it on here, but I'm just remembering Alex's line when we're in Coventry, Fez. Oh dear. <laughs> but yes. Um, oh. So so yeah. Uh, other news obviously got is what T80s, which I understand are better than T. Whatever so the a T eighty so at its basic level is basically a T sixty four of a gas turbine engine. And that's vastly oversimplifying it. The interesting bit is the T eighty U. They start they basically get a lot of stuff we consider very Western like thermal imaging that kind of thing, plus all the era that the um, Soviets would generally fit in their tanks at the time. And the T eighty U could be quite a it's it's going to be the Soviet tank that goes par on par with Abrams. Right? Could it be a, a four plus to hit? Uh, it comes out. It comes out that whole thing about Soviet doctrine is about where and where the Soviets sit and that kind of thing. I mean, ultimately, the Soviets had no professional, no professional um, element to, beyond the officer corps. Um, so it, that's why the Soviets tend to suffer a little bit, because they are very centralised. The junior officers are overworked. Cause it, there's no real NCO corps to back them up. Was it the fact that the infantry were conscripts and the tankers were short conscripts? Yeah, you have to be this high to get in the Soviet tank. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, basically, the, but to hit value, that's why I get a little bit annoyed at how the service picked in Team Yankee. To hit value makes sense for for aggressive elements like the armour and the infantry, 
But the whole Soviet doctrine is basically you hit the enemy and you hit them hard. You don't worry about taking casualties because by doing that, you take more casualties. Um, yeah. So basically, you pile in. Yes, you'll take casualties, but in the long run, you're taking less. However, right. on the flip side, stuff like artillery and the SAMs and that should be hit on force because they're not doing that aggressive charging forward. They're, they're, they're kind of sitting back. With, they are using cover to advantage. I mean, these guys are two-year conscripts, which is longer than some of the NATO conscripts, that kind of thing. I mean, admittedly, there's a, especially, I mean, more so in, in the collapse of the Soviet Union, the cold concert thing ends up just being a sit around the barracks and haze for new guys kind of thing. But it's a little bit more developed in the 80s and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, but, um, four plus Soviets, it's. It, it, it's something they've, they've gone out their way to not do, except for Spetsnaz. Yeah. Um, in basically every era. I mean, you think about when they did the heroes, they made yeah. them veteran in every single way they possibly could. Except yeah. the to hit the hitting on thing, them. but they've I got think... them in mid war. Sorry, they've got four plus to hit mid war. Yeah, now, hmm. no, this yeah. is the first. Like, this is literally the first time they've they've done it in how long? Things when things was it two thousand? No, no, you had four plus to hit um, Spet- and and tank guns, and tank guns. You had veteran right. tank guns. Yeah, you did. Yeah, um, fifty-seven mils. You could have um, four plus. Was that Red Bear? Uh, uh, no, Death um, Berlin. I'm just going to get oh, yeah, Berlin, but no, right yes, front yes, of the yes, yeah, the one with the hero in But it's still the, the core platoons they've 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 tried. Not yeah, to. yeah, they were like they were a bit of an oddity, weren't they? Yeah, I I I do remember seeing the heroes and thinking they should have just made them veteran because I mean, especially at that point in the war, it made sense to have veteran. Infantry. I am I am enjoying the T eighty U becoming like the plastic Thunderhawk for Games Workshop, where it's the one <laughs> that regardless of you know what the conversation's about, someone would be like T eighty U. I was always the same chap and trying to remember his name because it's a W. He commented on our article about it actually. <laughs> As you said, like like a Swiss clock you are. Um, <laughs> it's like the it's like again about the SWAT clock. Yeah. Right, so just looking in Berlin, scrubbed off my desk. Yeah, so the sappers were fearless veteran, proper fearless veteran. Oh, I used to run oh, those. Yeah, yeah the hero tank destruction yeah. company was fearless veteran. And for um, hero Sturmo, the Sturmov group, yeah, Sturmovi group, which the one we can have all the different things in it, that was fearless veteran as well. So, yeah. Infantry, yeah, I didn't get what the basic, anyway, the heroes, but... Uh, yeah. So, so basically, um, Ben, you're wrong. A little bit. Anyway, but only by Berlin, though. By before Berlin, I also think they should have veteran troops because the Soviet army in 1944 was a very. They had some very good units. Yeah, but it's it's you know it's one of those things where you can, they're very good units, but the doctrine's just basically a hit hard, yeah. and hit fast. It's always good. You're very good at running across the open ground. That's why I like it. It's not a case of running across the open ground by then. If you read some of the exploits of the, I can't remember what the guy was now, but the. Um, the guy had the Sherman, the Sherman guy. There's a special character in. Oh yeah, I know what about. Yep, um, they, they, in the these Shermans. Yeah, they fought incredibly. They should be veteran. They fought phenomenally, and they did not really follow the doctrines. As well. in fact, his special rules, I'm pretty sure, show that he did not follow the normal Soviet doctrines. Yeah, that, that's fine. That's what. That's where those kind of things should be in place. So like yeah. Lenin's Shermans should be but, hit on fours, but be you know, lower courage. Entire Eastern Front. Sorry, I said the one, the one guy in the entire Eastern Front. No, it's not, no, it's not just that. I'm just using that as an example. That's the thing. It's you know they're, they're, they're definitely by 1944 the units which aren't just these fearless conscripts running forward. They still use those tactics, and there still is a place for those lists even in 1945. 
But at the same gets, time, there are still some units that would not weren't just being used in wave assaults. But then you get to the point of game balance. I know. Going back to Team Yankee. <laughs> obviously, we've got a new Soviet, British and American book on the way. With, obviously, all the new stuff coming out. Uh, have we got any idea what else, what else the Soviet's going to get other than the T-80? Because what is there much left for them that right, so put in there? Things I could think of might fit in a BMP three, which is just entering initial trials back in the in, the, in sort of the mid eighties, and that was basically a BMP two, but with, um, well, it's a completely new vehicle, but on the same that BMP sort of configuration. But its main armament was a hundred was a hundred millimeter smoothbore with a coaxial thirty millimeter autocannon. <laughs> so it's a B, it's a BMP two with with a hundred millimeter basically. They say oh, it's got. But the reason it's got 100mm is so it can fire um, the sort of barrel-launched um, anti-tank um, missiles. So it doesn't need the extra missile launcher. It's firing the same 100mm shells as the upgraded T-55s are, and that's the Bastion round. And that's a pretty hefty round. The problem is, though, by doing all this, they made a light tank with a secondary infantry capacity, and yet it's got a really convoluted hatchway to get in and out of it. So it's actually it's awful as an infantry fighting vehicle, really, but it's a great light tank. <laughs> And that's the other thing I can think of is, t- is the Tunguska, which is like the replacement for the Shulka. Um, again, I, I believe it's just sort of entering trials in the sort of Team Yankee period, but it's basically um, a pair of 30 minute ore cannons with um, basically manpad missiles on it as well. So you've got a combined missile and cannon attack on it. And they found it very good for clearing out um, um, urban fighting in their um, surprising, Chechnya. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, 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 the main thing about it is a high elevation. Because it's shoot aircraft, it can get its barrels up. And when you're dealing with um, infantry in um, both Afghanistan, Afghanistan mountains and also with Chechnyan um, high-rises, tanks can't get their barrels up high enough. But what it could do is these um, anti-aircraft guns. And ultimately, right. a 30mm autocannon is going to ruin Maywood's day in, in, a, in a high-rise. So. Uh, yes. Just just thinking a second, sorry, going back to the bit of talking about the Iraq-Iran war and fitting in a real world war into this fictional universe. Yeah. They kind of have also done that with the Afghani veterans. Yes, yeah. So you have had lists before which are based on a real-life conflict which was going on at the time and kind of I think it, in. Yeah, I think the assumption is everything up to sort of um, the early 80s more or less happens as is. It's just that instead of Gorbachev coming in, um, a hardliner communist comes in, and that's where it deviates from. Yeah. I'm just, so, I'm the just, fo- so the Falklands has happened. Falklands has happened for the Brits. Um, Lebanon has happened to the Israelis, that kind of thing. And then from about 983 onwards, you start getting this more and more deviation in the timeline. And when did so, the Iraq Iran war? That was, that's it. That's 80s. The mid 80s, or I think so. Yeah, I remember. It, I remember it, like, it was eight years. I think it ended in 88. So it's like early 80s through. Yeah, it's about 88. It was only a few years before the Gulf War. Yeah, I remember. I remember being a little kid in it, being the, the whole. Um, Peace treaty being signed. I remember Dad trying to explain it to me as an eight-year-old oh, or something. Oh it, it began. It began in nineteen eighty. Yeah, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, that's it. That sounds about right. So yeah, so basically that is going on at the moment during this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that would make sense to fit that in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be interesting that you could actually you could have a deviation of how that finishes because obviously. If World War, the World War Three is kicking off, then support and all that. Because obviously we were supporting Saddam Hussein at the time, weren't we? Cut, yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's really, well, it's really what the hell's going on here moments. But yes, it's a, so we're supporting uh, Iraq. Russians are kind of supporting Iran. You're then going to have, a, well, I'm guessing from what they're saying, Israel, Israel coming to us somehow, they show land border. And then 
Syrians, maybe? Because obviously, right at this point here, um, Israel and Syria are fighting over Lebanon. That's where the Mikhaivas come into it and all that kind of thing. So there's a lot going on in that period, you know, in, in that, as always is, in that region in the 80s that they can sort of build off on for us. And you're really seeing why they made the plastic T62 at this point. Oh yeah, it's definitely because <laughs> it's going to be it's going to get some use. Cool. Okay, so um... well, someone pointed out to me from the photo that uh, Mark put up, it's showing the modernised T62, the cheap car like the T55, and the over overbarrel um, laser rangefinder. So they've built in the sort of second line Soviet um, tank units. Cooked it all in already. So again, good future proofing. So, uh, so obviously we've touched on a little bit. So on the subject of other Soviet stuff, obviously you've got the Czechs and Poles. How diff- how different are they going to be from what we have now with the East Germans and the um, Soviets? It's a tricky one because doctrine. I, I'm not sure you can make the case for them being like the West Germans having better skill. I'm not sure about that. Maybe you could. Maybe you can't. I don't know enough about them. What I do know is they got some unique kit, like um, rather than BTRs, they had their own wheel transport. Um, there's some variants on the um, sort of like the T55s that are different to, you know, even the, um, the Czech one's more like the East German one, and the Polish one's completely different again. I think the Poles might even have had their um, bastionated tank missile, I'm not sure on that one, off their um, T55s. Um, the Czechs got T72s and the T72Ms that basically the East Germans already have. So, and not tremendously different. It's more, it's one of those things I, I wasn't really expecting a book. I thought you might just see it like a, a card pack or something like that that just gave you alternative cards for the checks and polls. They're mini books, aren't they? Like the, like, yeah. like the, um, like the original Afghanistan, uh, oh, right, yeah. book and the letters so one book so for the West Germans. So is it a separate Polish book and a Czech book then? Or booklet, we should say? Booklet. Uh, or is it one book that does both? Well, do we know it's definitely a book, not a PDF? Okay. Did yeah. they actually say it was a book? I, yeah, yeah, I think it's like a, fol- a folio type. I think it's a yeah. 24 pages or something small like no, that. I've heard 24 pages. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember that's for both or for one or each. So, you know, whereas one book, one book of 24 pages did both or was 24 pages each. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole thing they could do, which is the Polish Marines, because um, they were basically going to be assigned to to amphibious landing into Jutland, effectively, and um, Copenhagen, that kind of thing. Try and take Dem- to open up the Baltic so that they can get out of their um, past De- Denmark. So that might be interesting aside, the um, the Poles in that respect. But that's why maybe they'll put, but on the other hand, they might leave out for when they do a naval infantry book. Because naval infantry have got some really cool stuff. they got, like, the T-55s with um, the very first active missile defence, so you know, it actually shoots down the incoming missile. Nice. Um, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it's like it's a really bulky system, and I think it was kind of clunky. So actually, in the mid '80s, it gets replaced by era going back to um, passive um, explosive reactive armor era, and then they have never stopped it later when the technology is a bit more mature. But also, you got like the PT76 is still being used, that kind of thing, and the MTLB. So stuff you could do with naval infantry and, and uh, in the Polish infantry, but maybe we leave that for another book or something. But I'd like to see him do it at some point. Because so much stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about Team Yankee. There's so much potential to it, to what you could pick up. Like I say, he comes back to what's commercially viable. Yeah, and that, that's, that's, and that's one of the big things. And, you know, it's not a negative kind of term, it's just being realistic. Yeah. 
But, um, I mean, obviously, like, there's been, locally, obviously, like, I imagine this country, people, people love to see the Royal Marines. Whether that's viable from a worldwide model is different from what's viable from I think a, the problem is if you say, if, if, if you're saying flat out we're not going to have gun teams in Tianki, the, the whole Royal Marines thing becomes less so because a lot of their support arms are very much towed, gu- the, the light yeah. 105 yeah. millimeter, yeah. that kind of thing. And they're, they're aware of that. So they're, they're, that's one of the, the points where they're still umming and ahhing. You know, and that's a great thing is, is being being a bit smaller, being a bit more flexible. Yeah. Nothing's that set in stone yet. So I think if, if you're lying everything with version four, then you know all the sort of ways of handling guns already built into the rules. So it's not like it's a rule thing holding it back. Right? But yeah, so I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Team Yankee even before they start moving the timeline along because they still do so much in mid eighties, especially if you're doing a sort of a very loose mid eighties. So doing like. 85 to 89 terms of kit. You've got lots of scope there for stuff. One of the things that we that was touched on that we, hasn't made it into any of the posts because it was only sort of a comment was the fact that they're looking, if NAM and Fate of a Nation are successful and Great Ward as well, um, they're looking at doing other books, standalone books through Osprey for some of the smaller battles. And I know that uh, people are super excited about the Bush Wars. Um, and I'm possibly the only person who would be. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I like the idea of war starts over game of football. I do kind of want Rhodesian Rudy, uh, um, infantry all going around in very extremely short shorts. It's like those are impractically <laughs> short shorts. It's like, <laughs> oh my um, god, man, put some clothes on. That's <laughs> but then also, uh, you know, maybe Korea. I, I, I like I like the idea of doing Korea. It's, it's you got a lot of, again. You got a lot of scope in Korea and like bringing like US Marines raiding into that kind of things. Oh. That's actually the big one actually, I was going to mention, and this is pure speculation, and I know I've mentioned it to you guys, but I can see the Pacific being an Osprey book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I think the only war is, and why not? Yeah. And I, don't, and I would say early was more popular than the Pacific. Uh, the Pacific could really do of it because it never got the British list. I know! I, I, I was forever I waiting for those damn Brits to come in because that's going to be I, my when I did Pacific and like never happened. <laughs> I've I, I played, played a few Pacific games with uh, Brits but that's basically using early war, the early war lists from the desert yeah. and tweaking them slightly. To yeah, we were always going to do the same because I was waiting for my friend to finish his Japanese army it just never happened but that's yeah. our plan we were going to do Singapore so like fine fighting the defence of Singapore until they realise it's a, a lost cause, basically. Yeah. But the only sticks um, with Burma. It, that, that, that's something I, I, I can see definitely... I mean, it'd be after early one, imagine, but I, I just can't see... Because they're not going to do plastic Japanese, and I can't see them doing plastic Marines, if I'm honest. Um, so I think that's the way that, that, that ends up going at some point. Yeah. I think... I just want to have my Matilda tank taking out Japanese tanks because it's just so hideously over-armoured compared to them. It's like, I got a rubbish gun, but you got rubbish armour, so I don't care. Bang! It's, it's, it's 19, yeah, I was about to say, I've never had issue with Matildas with my Japanese, but... Yeah, I suppose not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you would now, Ben, because you can only kill one tank per, know, per team because you've got to be in base-to-base with it now, even I, though you've got, like, three attacks. To be uh, fair, one guy, a guy with a stick should only ever be able to kill one tank. <laughs> I know, but it completely changed the balance of the Japanese because mm. you can't deal with a tank horde now. No. Yeah, cause, yeah there won't be the games I can remember, but, um, not Kurovery, one of the other, the other, the early war version of Kurovery. Can't really call it now. Uh, Adolf Jake Surf. Adolf Jake Surf. Yeah. Um, I remember watching you at Sturm playing your Japanese and sticking a load of Nicky Naki News into like 10 Russian tanks. Yeah. And just like blowing them away. 
Um, I, I did. So I played Alex's. Uh, Alex. Oh no, I would say Alex Hamilton. He had had a few beers, so he might be a bit more aggressive than he probably Alex? should have been. No. Um, but he was charging his British Armoured Regiment. Kind of got really right up in my face with the Japanese, and I was attacking. I'm like, okay, sure. But Nico Hakutins went in and just were blowing up platoons a turn. <laughs> so, given how much information and how great the event was, are you guys going to pledge to be there next year? Oh, definitely. I'm going to try to. Absolutely, yeah. I'm going to buy some corks now so my kids are having uh, di- any diarrhea again. I'm just going to cork <laughs> oh, oh, oh. you mean some modium? <laughs> um, the, the one other thing we haven't touched on, which obviously I know you guys didn't see it because you guys were playing, but there's, uh, what's it, uh, Tanks Modern Age has been announced, which is m- ages away, cause, uh, but it's got helicopters in it, which I thought was really cool. Oh, yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. Uh, they, they, wasn't there a screen grab somebody to see how the helicopters move? Yeah. I think it looks really, really interesting. I like tanks anyway. I think it's a, a good little game, so. Well, I picked up, I got given the starter set for free for, with my ticket box, so, uh, I'm excited to start actually getting down to the board and see, see how it actually works. Yeah. It's pretty I cool see, for now. I, I want to play some games with it. It's just, just something a bit fun, light, and to, to whack in. That's the type of thing they should have on the open day. Tanks. It's half an hour game. They did. They did. Well, they had a participation well, game of tanks. You know, I mean, I mean, as as the event, kind of one of the events. I don't know if you get enough people. To Do enough people play it? I don't know. I mean, there's always people on the Facebook. I've ne- never seen someone at a club play it. I mean, ironically, we got Mark Nisbet joined the writing right team, so he'd cover tanks, and it's like, in the end, he's just covered the same thing as we have. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we play, we play some Crawley. Uh, we have uh, on a on, on a club night, and you can easily get three or four games in. No, no problem yes. at all. It's basically X-Wing with tanks. It's, it's a very yeah, fast-playing yeah. game. It's... I, was, I, I, say, I think it's a bit like Saga. I think a lot of people have bought it, cause it's so, especially as the Korga box are so cheap. Mm-hmm. I mean, 18 quid recommended retail price. Yeah. Most people are going to pick that up. Um, so I think a lot of people have bought it. I think it's like you know, Saga. If you actually said, oh, you know, guys, we're going to play some tanks, I'm sure some people would turn up with tank stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just actually playing <laughs> regularly might be more of a thing. Uh... I think I think it's one of those ones as well where there's, there are some issues with some of the upgrade cards. Which is right. But, you know, that it's one of those things. But how much do you care? You're investing 45 minutes in a game. You just re-rack and yeah. do something and, different. And the one thing I did like, I don't know how it works with, with later add-ons, but the initial wave, every single add-on card was in the core box. So you didn't have yes. to go and buy every single tank box that yeah. came out to get all they've the cards. Just, they've, they've just started coming out with the, the desert stuff. Mm. Um, for for the new mid war tanks, so that's, they've got the desert expansions coming out. I guess say desert one more time because that nicely links us into. Oh, well, <laughs> it's like the king of segways. Seamless, fate. seamless segue. I, I, I always struggle to say this: it, the fate of the gamers. No, fate, fate, of, fate of four gamers. Fate, fate of, of four, four gamers. gamers. There we go. That's close. Yeah. So. Um, after we talked so much about Arab Israeli War last time, we kind of got chatting and we're doing a Teleport Gamer Challenge with Arab Israeli Wars because we all got really jazzed about it. Yeah, it's amazing how these things will escalate wildly out of control, isn't it? <laughs> Peer pressure is yeah. a wonderful thing. <laughs> sorry, hashtag not sorry. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I, just, I do love the fact, though, that one of the first thing, obviously, uh, me and Lee have just finished our um, first like Israeli write up, and the first thing we both said is we really want to do T62s. But <laughs> I think all of us want to do the T62. The T62 does look nice, and I think, yeah. Unfortunately, having everyone doing the arrows might be a little bit. 
Well, you decided to do two Egyptian armies. Yeah, but, do you want to choose two Egyptian armies? Because I want uh, to play Syrians. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Syrian's the red-headed uh, stepchild of the, uh, the the Arab forces. Tactic oh, six is going to be a hard thing to get over. Well, yeah. look quite cool. I I was yeah. drawn by the T thirty four. I was seduced <laughs> by the bike that is the T thirty four eighty five. You did know, play quite early, didn't you? <laughs> I was going to do Jordanians, but my local the, the one guy who's pretty good player with me locally wanted to do Egyptians, and um, so that point I thought. Well, this one's cheap, and Maca- a Macava Six basically that Macava Six starter set basically buys up most of my army in one go in the forty quid box. So, so I'll go, I'll go back to the cheap option. I, I also said uh, Jordanians in the previous version were kind of in a really rough spot. They probably they got battered by the Israelis, and they kind of were probably about even against the uh, Egyptians. But the Egyptians were a lot better against the Israelis, partly because the Israelis could auto attack. And I just completely nerfed these train tanks, which didn't have the numbers to be able to take the um, take the beating. Uh, now these really don't auto attack. I think the Jordanians might actually be worth looking at. Mm. So, uh, no, no, okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's just a cool thing, isn't it? Like the, the problem is, I think Fez fell in love early with the T thirty four. Was it ninety three T thirty fours? They're, they're, a, they're a, point, a pointer tank. You can have 30 <laughs> as your core formation and one in a HQ. So it's 31 per formation. So for a 100-point list, that's obviously 93. Uh, and, then, and then I think there wasn't it six uh, SU-100s. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Plus, the, uh, plus the support SU-100s because, you know, I, there's one at the... Um, I don't know if it is Egyptian, but there's one in the, uh, the tank museum at Bovingdon that I kind of fell in love with. I think it's Egyptian. Yeah, just the desert-coloured Soviet kit yeah. in the wrong war. Everything in desert colour looks awesome. The funny, the funny thing, oh. when, the, when, the, when the Syrian Civil War kicked off, there's basically C-100 in that going around. It's like, where do these things come from? It's like, they just keep going. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, the C-34 is so good, my friend. You just can't break down. Yeah. So, so we know why Eddie went for uh, Egyptians, and we know why Lee went for uh, Israelis. Why did you pick Israelis, Ben? Um, because I kind of felt like we should have two Israeli players and against two Arab oh. players. Um, yeah. pressure. Plus, you're swayed by Shermans. You like over, um, yeah. over, over Shermans. And, and, and in all fairness, you know, I think it was a line from Fez when I think you sent your first list, Duncan, and you had about the twelve tanks, and you went, "Well, you yeah. said more tanks than Israeli players." And Mike, right? Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're quite scary as well. Those hundred and five Shermans. They're not. They're not anything to be laughed at. Well, as I say, veteran C is your best armor. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you, you know, especially if people are buying the T, uh, the T twenty C sixty two and buying the upgraded gun. If I have no armor, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Upgrade your gun all the way to make it anti tank thirty. I don't care. <laughs> I can't save anyway. So we we've settled on painting. Was it thirty three points a um, month? Thirty points a month, but you have to have a hundred by the end just to make it yeah. some flexibility. Oh, okay. Do, do, I mean, if you want to do 33 <laughs> points a month, you're more than welcome to, but it's just that way you're not there kind of going, oh, I can only do 32 points, I need to get an extra point, I can't do one point. My cheapest oh, I can, six points, don't worry. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can, I know you can do one point, because you've got T35s. <laughs> so, um, so, what's, so, what's, so, just, so what's everyone's first month of painting? Because mine is three M60s. 
I'm sure this is I'll send you an article. My my last month is so backloaded with like all the support elements and infantry is gonna be in manic. You be like that like false sense of security, like man, this is the easiest challenge I've ever done. Wait, how much have I do this month? (laughs) Mine's gonna be depending on what arrives in the post. Because at the moment I have the support options and (laughs) of the T fifty fours. Well, sorry, a third of the T-54s, because I've only got five, and I'm waiting on another nine in the post. Um, I think I max out about 47 tank holes in my list. So that's, that's scary. For, that's, tell you what, me as a Merkava player, that is scary, because I'm, I am sitting in what's basically the King Tiger of this, of this, of this time period. But it's, this whole thing, it's the same thing that the King Tiger is in, in, in World War Two. There's enough tanks getting my side armor. I can kill half your tanks. The other half yeah. can get picked off the side armor shots. <laughs> <laughs> yep. T-34 cares not for front armor shots. <laughs> I, I, like, I like to point out, you're complaining about side armor 8. It's better than my front armor. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but my, my, I think my armor's going to be, I'm going to get two of Ben Sherman's outside my tank, each of my tanks. That's <laughs> ablative armor for him. I'm, I'm tempted. I don't know if it's the best option. I'm tempted in the first month actually to paint out the uh, Taran, uh, partly because it's kind of a new awesome. thing, um, and it's partly yep. I actually added them in. I wish I had uh, shots, but I, kind of, I need to save some points. And I thought these guys are cool and new, and also they're unique. It's like yeah, it's yeah. Like... yeah they're, they're kind of yeah, it's kind of unique and cool. I'm, I don't think they're actually very good. Uh, I kind of forgot they had slow fire when I, when I kind of made the list. For some reason, I didn't think they had slow fire. Um, My T-34s have lost head in chicks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what makes them a lot they, better. But they have slow fire. No, they don't. Don't? They dropped the rate of fire one, I think. Oh, T-34s. Yes, sorry. No, yeah, T-34s. I was thinking to say T-54s. Uh, T-54s. And T-62s, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's basically got such a small turret with a massive oversized 100mm shell in there, so it's like... I mean, I am a fantastic anti-tank 12. as a mighty high number. I mean, yeah, yeah, they haven't, uh, yeah, they haven't got hand and chicks. I want to say, did the, did the 85 have the extra crew or did they lose the crew? They had the same, I think. Yeah, bigger, it's a bigger turret than the, than the 76, so it's got the same that crew, I think. I, I want to say, I want to say they gained a crew. I could be wrong, but. Well, I think like, yes, they, they have a dedicated loader. That's pretty well, yeah, that's what I was yeah, saying. I think, yeah. they had a, I think they had a dedicated loader, whereas the original T-34 didn't. Correct. Because yeah. the turret was too small. It's alright, all the Israeli main battle tanks save and a four up against yep. their side armour. <laughs> yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I might just paint eight I Shermans. It kind of depends. It's one of the issues I've got here because obviously I'm currently in the middle of uh, getting two armies ready for two tournaments in two months. Um, so I've, I've almost finished. Well, I'm halfway through my Italian army, but then I've also got a Soviet army to paint up, and that's a lot of tanks. 31 tanks. And some artillery and a little bit of recce. So um, the first month might be what's the smallest amount of models I can paint, just to get done. And then hopefully by the end of the by the second month I'll finish the Soviets and then I can start painting more um, Israeli stuff. Basically, I picked a really bad time to do this, but yeah. yeah. If I did the same tactic, I still have to paint ten T thirty four T fifty fours. Yeah, <laughs> but this is all your fault. That's the problem. So my my sympathy's not exactly uh, overwhelming. Yeah, but I'm just gonna be. It's gonna be awesome when it's done. Uh, 
I, I do love the fact that the I do love the fact the guy who waits till the last possible moment to get his arms painted has got the biggest army. <laughs> I challenge myself to grow daily. <laughs> I can just see you. right guys I've got to get all this done by tomorrow no one message me what are you yep. going to say Fez 30 tanks well I mean they are That's that was also part of the reason with going with Egyptian is they are just desert yellow and wear and tear yeah. spray it well, a, bit, a, bit, a bit of dappling on for wear and you're, you're pretty spray much it, there. wash it sponge it ship it Put cotton. They all look the same when they've got blown up cotton smoke on them. That's what I'm you, saying. you say that. I've, I've been looking at some camouflage books because I think <laughs> I might do camouflage on the uh, 62s to make them a bit different. So I've got IS-3s um, and, and T-62s. I think I might try and do something a bit different on the 62s just for a variety. I've I've just I'm scrolling through uh, well flicking through the book now and uh, I've just seen quite how many infantry teams are in my mech co- BTR sixty mech company. Yeah, um, good luck on that. Oh 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 god! <laughs> what have I done? I was worried about There's my nine BTRs, <laughs> thirteen AK forty seven rifle teams, three blindside super bazookas, and then two PKM LMGs. Well, on the bright side, at least you don't have as many RPG teams as you have AK teams like you would with the BMP ones. So oh, there's that's upsides good. to this, yeah. Yeah, that is an upside. <laughs> that's a mighty eight points there. And, and I think I was, wor- I was worried about painting 11 infantry bases. Okay. No. I, feel le- I feel less worried now. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the, the hashtag that's going to accompany this is just pray for Eddie. Send thought, prayers, and sepia wash. <laughs> Two pounds a month will buy him another valet of paint to keep him going. <laughs> <laughs> For only two pounds, you two can help base coat another six size trees. Fez, can you please take a picture every day for the whole 90 days of this challenge? Because I want to see you on, like, day one. This is day 90. This is a broken man. <laughs> I'm day one, smiling, holding my first sprue. Day yeah. 67, my fingers are refusing to move. You could do like the, um, like the, uh, what was it, with Tom Hanks in Castaway? Day 17. Oh, like a, a cheap big brother. Day 17. Fez has lost it. He's gone for a walk. I'm just seeing him now spraying on a face onto like an army deal box. <laughs> Day 73. Fez cannot make it to the door for the amount of tanks taking up his living room. <laughs> He's I, now I, peeing in a litre bottle of lemonade. I, I, also think, I, I, was, I, say, I also think I don't, I'm not sure day one's going to be quite as uh, good. I've seen day one and Fez literally can't. You can just see Fez's head as he's covered in screws and boxes. <laughs> like ah! <laughs> structural collapse of the house due to overloading was cited at the coroner hearing. <laughs> he's going to end. He's going to end up in the priory for glue addiction. As yeah, make sure the windows open. Day 84. <laughs> Fez is on a come down. <laughs> He's down to two bottles of Revel a day now. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that day 85, Fez has sprayed... Fez has used spray paint. He's now considering varnishing his own shoes. He's weighing up the pros and cons. <laughs> and whether varnishing his own shoes while jumping off a building is the is the best method of doing it. <laughs> Day 180, the challenge I did 90 days ago, but that's what they want me to think. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, right. So, um, yeah, so part of this is to kill Fez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you had a good run, man. You had a good run. <laughs> You'll see. I'll show you. I'll laugh that somehow Fez ends up getting more stuff paid and we just somehow fail because we all get too blasé about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah the, the lead there is overconfidence. Are you going to start painting? No, it's the last week. I'm fine. I've only got three times to paint. <laughs> You just get the tanks painted, bud. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I've got a whole day left. It's only free. I'm <laughs> <laughs> part of the thing with this, is that with this challenge is whatever you don't get painted when we play when we play a game later on has to start in reserve. So yeah. if you don't get painted on time for that, that month. I'm just seeing Lee fail every month. Silly, <laughs> <laughs> so where are your tanks coming? Like, oh no, mate, I've got, I'm so far in debt. I've got like 140 points of stuff in reserve. <laughs> I have to like, the first two, the first two passes uh, reserve tests. I guess it's failure. I've done so badly. You had ten models. <laughs> I'm, basically, I'm basically modelling for um, Kit coming. From the, Kit, the Americans are sending to a place of war losses. So I was going to, I was going to C five land on the table and have my army come at the back of it. So. <laughs> yeah, you got this, Ben. Right? What, what do you mean? I've got this. <laughs> yeah, I've got two priests. They're fine. It's fine. <laughs> I've got two priests for artillery cover. You'll be fine. Just charge. The show is enti- the show is entirely viable for 1973. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they still, they're still using them they were yeah I, I, yeah. I, when that um, chap was doing, I'm sorry I'm misnamed now but one of the guys who helped with the book has now put up these Excel sheets to give you a bit of data as to what was oh, fighting you saw those. yeah, yeah really, it's really good stuff and like I say I'm surprised by some of it I mean when they, when they put the priest in the gag box I assumed it was just oh we're putting it in there to, because it's you know, a plastic kit but no they were still being used in, in 1973 is it, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of half looking. I don't know if you guys have probably seen the post I put up today. I'm wondering how much equipment I can actually carry over to Team Yankee from this. <laughs> Lots. Yeah. Well, yeah, the oil wars thing, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I know the main the main battle tank won't be, and I can't imagine even though even if these Rays still had some of these tanks available, I think maybe the later Magax probably still were. I'm not sure if they'll make the book. I imagine it'll be, I imagine it'll be like um yeah, it'll be a Magax um sixes and sevens, and then like say they're um. Mag- and, um, the other one, the cover. Yeah, I think the Shermans are long gone by that point. They, they finally realise there's so much you can expect the Sherman to do. <laughs> they better but not I think, be. I want my one can, I think that all those tank. Shermans get converted <laughs> into like, mortar carriers. And, you know, they don't throw the holes away, but they just find a new use for them in like, a secondary role. Okay. These Israelis never throw anything away. They just keep finding new interesting uses for it. I'm going to use my T-34s as a late war, flames of war, uh, Russian army. Just to really watch people's faces explode in rage. Because well, they're, they're on desert camp over yeah. Egyptian writing over the side of them. <laughs> I was going to use his IS-3, his IS-2 countess, it's fine. <laughs> the, um, the guy uh, is called Michael McSweeney. That was Sweeney. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, and if you get a chance, jump on Facebook and have a look at that because I've screen grabbed those spreadsheets and saved them because they're, the, the information is really good. And he, and he explained why some of the stuff was. Well, the decisions were made as well, which is really yeah. interesting. Right, so Jordanian says Jordanians in in six days war really easy research. Jordanians in 1973, it's like so little information. A lot of it is just like we kind of assume that these will still be kicking around. Yeah, because it's just nothing written down. They sort of like um, they sort of reinforce the Syrians and go and fight them. Yeah, because yeah, because they yeah them like them the was it Lebanon? Uh, Lebanon? 
No. Iran, Iraq, I kind of think, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they all sent troops over there. Oh, still didn't help. They still can... Yeah, still got the cream, but yes. But yeah, it's... um, But no, I'm I'm really... I'm really looking forward to this, to be honest. It's um, It's got my uh, hobby mojo going again. Hobby I've mojo. gone through doing mojo, it just, yeah. to, just for a fear of missing out to actually generally looking forward to doing it. Getting all, getting all the painting now, I'm actually really revving to get stuff going once stuff arrives. Yeah, the amount of Palladio Air um, desert sand that's, that's been seen and ordered in <laughs> the country. Maybe you should have done it. I can literally send you all. Middle Eastern sand by the bag. So, like, <laughs> in a few weeks, I can give you a supply for the next six months. I'm just imagining you, like, you don't being, have to paint it. Being like radar from Mass, just saying a bit, the bit, the bit, bit the Iraqi desert home at each time in the bag. <laughs> I think I want to say yeah, Army Day. I want to say Army Day did that for us last time we did. I was ready. He actually sent us some um, actual sand, and Adam, Adam was using it on his base. Me and uh, me and Winner were too posh and had our uh, basing uh, um, plumbers, but uh, yeah, actual desert, actual desert stand on the desert bases. Yeah, which you, which I'm you then have to paint, otherwise it looks weird. Thing I'm think, <laughs> thing I'm thinking of now is um, there's a chap called Pashka Van Dolphin. I guess that's a real name. Wow. Um, put, up, put up on the Team Yankee is M60. we really he's done it like modulated airbrushing. I'm looking at it now, thinking I really need to try and do mod- mod- modulation the airbrush because oh, it looks so. Is it- is that the one where you did it with camo and without camo? And without camo, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I look at the one without camo and think, if I do it in IDF sand, it's just trying to find the other colours to do the build up of colour through. No, make do a kit. Probably, yeah. Uh, I, I just bought this, um, I, you know, that big bottle of um, the primer. I'm thinking to stick to what I was going to do with prime and dry brush, but. Yeah, but, but Lee, just just think about the other people on the podcast. I mean, some of us have got. <laughs> well, poor Eddie's got what? <laughs> 197 holes to paint I mean he's going to run out at some point <laughs> just offload it <laughs> anyway, anyway I think, shall we wrap this up and let these uh, the yep. poor, poor listeners go home well I'm just going to say if, if you do have any hobby supply needs uh, you guys should probably check out Battlefield Hobbies uh, as they do support the Breakthrough Assault blog, and obviously us over here at Shoot and Scoop. Uh, if you're in the Daventry area, you like tabletop gamings, give them a Google. Even if you don't, uh, if even if you're not in the area, go to uh, give them a Google anyway, because they have a great mail on the website. And the more money that you throw their way, the more abuse we can send to uh, to them. So uh, is, that, is that the actual agreement? Well, they, they said they said that I could say whatever I like. So oh, okay. that's my promotion. Dangerous, dangerous words. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Battleford Hobbies, they, they, they've got an extensive range of paints and uh, and games and, and give them a Google. That's pretty much what I wanted to say in there. Nobby did not give me a fiver to say that. You would never get a fiver off Harry. <laughs> no. You get eaten by the moths when he opened his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it would probably be old-fashioned pounds anyway, and not yeah. even new money. Groats or shekels or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, are we all done then? Yeah. Okay. This armoured train of a the armoured train wreck. Oh, of a wait, 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 wait. Who's got a dice? Who's got a dice? Oh, we're oh, not shooting, are we? Got to shoot. I've oh. done my fat pan, flat panzer comment. Oh, oh. yes. Quick, oh, God. fat panzer fact for the, uh, for the, for the, the fun God. flat panzer fact for the episode is, uh, was hinted at by Ben in the last one that was oh. in fact during development 
so heavy with the uh, the Pack 42 L70 gun that it waddled, giving it the nickname the. Uh, I'm completely forgetting the words now. What was it called, Ben? Uh, Gadarian's uh, duck. Gadarian's duck. Yeah. Gadarian Ente. Um, the weight was such that they had to replace some of the front road wheels. Yes. They took the rubber off them because the rubber was disintegrating under the weight of carrying the gun. So it's had steel road wheels. Yes. That is your flat panzer fact for this episode. I think I think we should throw it over to Mr. Mr. G to decide what skill level we're at today. As well for the, the shoot and scoot roll. What do you think, Mark? What level are we operating at? Are we at a Syrian 6? Or I think... <laughs> I think you're, uh, I, I, th- I think you're a kind of, uh, you know, middle NATO four. Ooh, ooh, we are ooh. going ooh. Dutch. Uh, going <laughs> <Dutch>. <laughs> okay, I'm going to make the roll. We have got, we've got pushback. I just used blood bowl dice. Um, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we got a two. Unfortunately, we did not oh. shoot the scoot. Oh. Oh. Pass one of these yet? No, we have not. Destroyed again. <laughs> You know, okay. you know, we, should, we should have called ourselves the Avanti podcast, and then we could have done it on two up. Avanti! That's all right. That's all right. Like um, Italian franchise. I think we're trying to make sure that we have a rule that's going to be made obsolete in a future edition, so we, like, we can yes. have the thing of always being named after an obsolete rule. We're just trying to hedge our bets here. Yeah, but then you can call yourself shot and scooted. <laughs> Just as you did. <laughs> That's what I'm probably getting arrested for. <laughs> it's like Netflix and chill. Oh, I see some shot and scooted. That's going to be Fez after 90 days. Just <laughs> <laughs> a withered husk of a man. The Armoured Trade Record podcast you have been listening to was Shoot and Scoot from the team at Breakthrough Assault Blog. Brought to you by Battlefield Hobbles, Hobbies. Horrible dice rolls. Oh <laughs> <laughs> like bumbles. <laughs> How does that work out for you? Just, just keep going with it, it's fine. <laughs> the Armoured Trade Record podcast you have been listening to was the Shoot and Scoot podcast from the team at the Breakthrough Assault Blog. Brought to you by Battlefield Hobbies, horrible dice rolls, and a mountain of fate of the nation armies to build and paint. <laughs> <laughs>